This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? A, uh, wow, it doesn't seem like a Monday today, but very busy day, though. It is NHL trade deadline day. This is Winnipeg Sports Talk. Welcome to the program on a little early today because there is lots going on around the National Hockey League, and we anticipate more to come over the next few hours here on WST. Not to mention a very busy weekend, a couple games for the Winnipeg Jets, lots going on in the world of sports to get to. So um, we are going to be packed for the next, uh, well, definitely two hours, probably closer to three, as we're, uh, of course, starting about uh, 10 minutes after noon right now. Shout out to everyone that's already with us in the YouTube chat. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much for uh, knowing that we were on early. And this is a great note. If you're watching this maybe after the fact, turn on those notifications so when uh, circumstances dictate and we go on outside of our normal times, you know that we are live. Uh, a big thanks to everyone that's with us right now and uh, give a quick plug to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day, including Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Royal Sports, Not Auto Court, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, Fresh Market, and our friends over at F Apparel. So this is how it's going to work, folks. Uh, a number of our media friends are down at the rink waiting for news to break. Um, we will talk to Mike McIntyre from the rink in about 20 minutes. The following 1 o'clock hour leading into the deadline, we're expecting to have Rennie, Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Kenny and Rennie fame, as well as Scott Billick join us. And We'll sort of play it by ear after 2 o'clock, depending on what is happening, what isn't happening, if there's still a number of deals trickling in, and see how we go from there. But the bottom line is, there is a lot to discuss. Uh, some moves the Jets have already made, going back to last night after the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, still waiting on an expected deal of longtime Winnipeg Jet Andrew Kopp heading into the deadline. So uh, let's get Michael Remus in here. Let me just mute the YouTube view right here. Uh, let me get Remus in here, and uh, let's uh, let's get this thing going. Now, Remo, how are you? How was the weekend? Great weekend. I was on a high, I was on a high all weekend, Hustler, starting with Friday night at around I don't know five p.m. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but there was this great article in the Winnipeg Free Press about these uh, about this Winnipeg sports talk. So big shout out to Jeff Hamilton, bozo YouTubers that yeah. somehow managed to uh, you know get on the air every day and uh, talk about sports. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up right off the bat. A big thanks to the Free Press and of course Jeff Hamilton. Uh, if you did, if you didn't see it, check it out in uh, in Saturday's paper. Um, certainly, if you go to our socials, you can see the link for it. And if uh, you have the opportunity to get your hands on a on a hard copy of the Saturday Free, it's certainly in there. But uh, that was nice, and you know it was really great to get the response that we got from the article. Um, and again, still a year in, Reem, we're still getting people that didn't know that we were doing this or didn't know where to find us. So, uh, so uh, it was uh, it was great. And I'm sure we maybe even have some new people in today with us. Now, if you are with us today, um, just know that we normally are on live at 1 p.m. Central each and every day. But uh, we figured, what the heck, let's get after it a little early today because there is uh, there is lots going on when it comes to the home mm. team, both on the ice and off the ice um win last night in chicago very tough loss in boston um but yeah it was a great way to get into the uh, into the weekend and uh, i know you had great feedback i did too on all of our social channels but uh 
really awesome for the uh, folks at the Freep to uh, tell a little story about us through the first year. And uh, of course, the people watching this, whether it be on YouTube or listening on the podcast, a huge part of that story as well. Yeah, I can't believe this article uh, here. I'm just going through on YouTube. Um, yeah, I showed it to Michaela, who came and took awesome pictures of us. Um, <laughs> That's right. These, we There's to, when the magic happens, folks. There's the CTO's yeah. uh, HQ. We had to decorate. I had to hang the jerseys from the ceiling. I had all these posters that were in my parents' basement that they made me take away because I don't, I don't live there anymore. So I put them up. It looked nice, and she took some awesome pictures of us. So I'm... I'm so proud of this and really proud of uh, the work that we've done here in a year. And yeah, these pictures are so nice. So um, what a great article by Jeff told the story. I got a ton of, I got a ton of, uh, you know, feedback as well. Posted it on our social media, Winnipeg Sports Talk, my personal one, LinkedIn. I mean, this is awesome. So uh, pr pretty cool, I think. So big thank you to Jeff Hamilton. Or just a guy says, share the link. It's on our YouTube community. It's on our Facebook, it's on our Twitter, but here, I'll post it in chat. There it is. Yeah, we should almost pin that tweet or something up yeah. on our on I'll, our Twitter so people can see it for that's the actually, next little while. You know what? That actually is, a, that's some good social media use here. Let me <laughs> pin that. So yeah, we should have that pin. That's a great, a great uh, why, thing to do. Why didn't I think of tweet. that? Why didn't well, I think of that? You know, you can't think of everything. I've got to come through with the odd good idea on here every now and then. Um, so listen, let's get to it. And I guess we'll be able to talk about these games and last night's win and where the team is right now. Um, but you know, so far there's been some, some interesting moves and I'll tell you right now, you can probably hear I'm a little end of the weather. Haven't been feeling great for the last couple of days. And, uh, I think I know what the NHL GMs are feeling about, uh, like right now. And maybe the guys on the trade center panel over on TSN. Because I went and I got some, um, you know, some cough and cold syrup or whatever, which I normally do, which helps me knock me out, get a good sleep and get back at it. I think I bought the wrong stuff, which instead of being nighttime, actually jacked me up through the entire night. And I was literally up all night. I was listening to podcasts. I was following it. But Remus, I was maybe the first person to see Darren Drager's tweet at 430 in the morning that Nathan Beaulieu had been traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll get to the Bullu deal in a minute, but there was a couple other deals, beginning with last night's reacquisition of one Mason Appleton from the Seattle Kraken for a fourth-round pick that, you know, I think most people that follow the Jets and have followed the Jets for the last couple of years um, were very, very into. Um, you know, the cost, not too much to get Appleton back. He's still making a very reasonable 900000 Hasn't had numbers that are going to put him in a real different price category when it comes to doing a new deal. So um, I think it started off quite well for the Winnipeg Jets after getting a big two points last night. The Mason Appleton was back for a very reasonable return. Yeah, starting, uh, yeah, I guess the deadline for the Jets kicked off yeah, last night, not 4.35 this morning when Darren Drager reported bully you to Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, we had talked in the chat about the Jets possibly bringing back Appleton. Um, it just seemed to make a lot of sense. The Jets had an Appleton-sized hole on the third line. Christian Veselainen, who got sent down to the Moose over the weekend, uh, he hasn't had a good year. You know, three points in, 50, uh, in 53 games. I mean, that's not going to do it. And, you know, Appleton was here. He's had success. And I don't really think he fit in with uh, Seattle. I mean, he kind of bounced in and out of the lineup you know, up and down, and he never really had the success there. 
that he did here. I mean, last year with Winnipeg, he had 25 points in 56 games. This year, 17 and 49. So far in Seattle, um, you know, they've been, what, they've been uh, selling off everyone. They traded Giordano, Cal Yarncroke, Marcus Johansson. So, I mean, you trade him for a fourth-round pick in, what, next year? Um, sure, and I think, sure, I think that's, and then, what, so you traded away, sorry, you get the fourth-round pick back that you, but in the uh, in the Smith trade as well, so we can get to the, get to that deal. So I like this. We talked about it in chat, and I think importantly, he's an RFA after this season. So you have him for next year on the NL. I think he'll solidify. He can play PK. And if you think the Jets are trying to make a run this year and they're trading away Andrew Kopp, then he can help this year. But I haven't looked at the. I'm trying not to look at the Jets playoff odds, but uh, you know they've been around 10 percent the last. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, this is uh, it, it, it's a trade, and we've talked a lot about this. I mean, it's a trade mm-hmm. for the future, but also somewhat for the present. I think it's pretty clear that barring something going very, very south on Kevin Shoveldayoff, that Andrew Kopp's going to be moved. Now, whether that is for picks, whether that's for a player that can come in, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out. Um, but the bottom line is, I think the expectation is that Andrew Kopp is not going to be a Winnipeg Jet when they play the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow, and you know, with where the forward group was to begin with, um, you know, the bottom six had been, you know, a source of concern. We talk about the lack of production from Veselainen. Um, certainly, Andrew uh, Adam Lowry had been playing a lot better as of late, but a big part of that was playing with Andrew Kopp. So with Kopp out of the mix, they were going to need someone else to come in and step in that role. And, um, you know, Mason Appleton, I thought, really flourished in that role as a third liner along with Lowry last year. So Mason Appleton back with the Winnipeg Jets. Nathan Bull, you sent to Pittsburgh for essentially nothing. Um, if I believe the conditions are the Jets will get a seventh round pick, which is the last round of the draft. If the Penguins get to the third round of the playoffs and Bull, you plays 50% of the games. I mean, this was a little probably clear in cap, although it doesn't really do anything because he was on LTIR anyways. Um, but uh, I don't get there was some interest from Brian Burke and Ron Hextall and Nate Bull, so Pittsburgh took him, and um, listen, I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, there's, it makes no sense to have Beaulieu playing here right now in Winnipeg with the young defensemen that are able to pop in if there is a spot for them in the lineup. I mean, you don't, it just makes no sense to have Nathan Beaulieu keeping those guys out. So they made that deal. The real interesting one, Reem, though, was this um, one you know, just about an hour ago where the Winnipeg Jets sent the rights to Nathan Smith um, who had had a standout year in U.S. college hockey, and Brian Little's contract to the Arizona Coyotes in return for a fourth-round pick. Now, I know there's some angst about this, people being angry that this happened. I mean, it's quite clear that the Jets weren't going to be able to sign Nathan Smith. I mean, we didn't. that wasn't an ongoing topic, and I hadn't heard. Actually, I think I asked Ken about this last Friday, and he thought, oh, the Jets will be trying to get him done and get him in here. Quite clear that and Mike McIntyre, who's going to join us, We'll ask him about this. He had an interesting quote said that, you know, when he asked Kevin Chevaldeoff about his top prospects earlier this year, he omitted Nathan Smith. And maybe that should have been a sign that, you know, they knew that they were going to have a tough time getting him, uh, getting his name on a deal as he finishes his fourth year. So as opposed to losing him for nothing, they get a fourth rounder and they get the, they won't have to deal with the LTIR that they had. I mean, you still eventually get that money back, but um, as we've all seen what the Jets have been going through this season, being right up at that number. Um, it hasn't been a great situation for them. Um, so that will be alleviated as well. And 
It helps the Arizona Coyotes get to the cap playing in a 5,000-seat arena. Yeah, um, I think this is, you know, first of all, I see a lot of people very upset that uh, Nathan Smith, you know, didn't want to sign with the Jets. I mean, that's the rules. If you're a college player and you play your four years, you can become a free agent. And I'm all for us. I'm all for players being able to choose their own destination. I think careers can be made or broken depending on luck of the draw and who picks you in the draft. So if he wants to be in control of his career, he's earned that right. And, and he can do that. So, you know, props, props to him. And we're kind of looking forward to Nathan Smith. We thought that he could, they could sign him, you know, maybe impact the moose for a run. You know, if for him, he could burn a year of that ELC. But look, if he wasn't going to sign with the Jets, and that's what Darren Dreger reported, and that's what, yeah, as you mentioned, Mike McIntyre kind of got the sense of that from Kevin Shovelday's conversations earlier. Then sure, you get a fourth round pick, but also I think more importantly, you trade Little's contract, and you're not in LTIR next year, so you can try to accrue some more cap space during the season to make a trade acquisition um, at the deadline, you know, if you're in a playoff spot. So I actually think that, w- that was a pretty good trade. And someone said to me, you know, what, what could they have gotten for Nathan Smith if, you know, if Brian Little's contract wasn't attached? I was like, well, Jack McBain got a second from Minnesota, and he was like a second-round pick. Nathan Smith was a third-round pick in the same draft, or, you know, 90th overall. I guess that's just under third in the, what, 32-team NHL now. Um, I think getting, you know, a fourth and, you know, getting out of LTIR for next season, that seems like a pretty good move to me. So I like what the Jets have done so far, you know, getting off Beaulieu and acquiring Appleton, which I think will help you next year and a little bit this year as well. But we'll wait and see about Andrew Coppin. Paul Stasny's a name that I haven't heard at all. I've been watching Trade Center all day. Oh, they're re- highlighting the Jets as it is. But Andrew Kopp seems to be, he's going to be traded just a matter of uh, where and how much. Yeah, I mean, and I've sort of mentioned this a few times. I mean, over the past few weeks, like for people that were hoping for a big, big return on Paul Stastny, um, I mean, like when the Jets acquired him, he was a fourth round pick and he was younger at that point. Now, he did have a higher contract, which you know is important to note. He was making 6.5 then and he's making 3.75 here. Um, but I mean, Paul Stastny is playing in the top six right now, the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, if it's a fifth round pick or something that's out there, some people will say, just do it anyways. Um, but I think I would have to say that, um, you know, if you're not getting what you believe the asking price is, um, you know, you know, don't do the deal and, uh, you know, Hey, you know, you won a game yesterday. Hopefully you can continue and, you know, hopefully you can make a run and make the playoff. Oh, we realize that's, you know, somewhat of a, uh, a long shot right now. But beyond the Stastny deal, Cop's interesting. And I've said a, a number of times on this program, I didn't think that Andrew Cop was going to, you know, garner the Winnipeg Jets a first round pick or first round pick value. I've been coming around on it a little bit, though, as of late, because of some of the prices that we've seen that have been paid by contenders this year heading into this deadline. Problem is, though, that many, like for instance, Boston, that we've heard that has been so interested in Andrew Cop. Well, they just gave a ton of picks to Anaheim to get Hampus Lindholm and got that done. Colorado, who we've talked about, you know, might be a nice fit for uh, uh, for Andrew Kopp. Well, their first round pick was already traded when they desperately had to acquire Darcy Kemper at the beginning of the year. So, you know, it, listen, you really just have to negotiate, navigate the waters as they come. I believe it was Drager, and if it wasn't Dregs, it was Saravelli, and I apologize to whoever I'm screwing up that last night. 
that the Jets had two second round picks on the table for Andrew Kopp. So I don't think the return will be anything less than that if uh, a deal is done, which we expect that will happen. Um, but I'll tell you what, if they could, if you know, if you can turn that into a first or potentially, you know, a more NHL ready younger player that's under team control that can come in and, you know, be on a different schedule than um, than Andrew Kopp. So, um, I was just mentioning that, you know, I mean, it sounds like Drake's reported that the Jets have tabled, uh, tabled two second rounders for Kopp. I didn't think that there'd be a first rounder, but, you know, the market has sort of made me maybe reconsider that a little bit with some of the prices that have been paid. The problem, however, is some of the most likely teams to acquire Kopp have already traded their first rounders and a bunch of other assets in earlier deals. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, um, you know, you saw some of the trades early on. Cali Yarncroke was one that stood out to me um, as a comparable. And some of the, you know, and other teams going for their guys. You saw Florida trading for uh, Giroux, and but Toronto traded for Giroux. That's a, a defenseman. But I, I kind of agree. As, you know, the longer you wait, I think the market kind of thins out and teams may go separate ways. Or the teams that are available, as you said, don't have a uh, a first round pick. So, um, I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But I think if you get, yeah, I think you have to get something. And by all accounts, I mean who Draggers reporting cops going to be traced off Scott Billick, uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN. So we're kind of just counting down, and the Jets are trying to get as much as they can. You know, someone texted me. You know, they'll probably get like a second with maybe a conditional first if you know they make the Cup final or something like that. And I was like, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. So. Um, I guess we're hearing what Colorado, uh, Boston. Uh, Boston you know what? We, get... we hear all these same teams, but those yeah. teams have already been really active. Don't be surprised if it's somebody else. Well, uh, Bo- and, and we've seen this before. Um, and I guess not to say these guys aren't really plugged in and kind of hear what's happening in and around the league, but it wouldn't surprise me if a team that's maybe been a little quieter up until this point popped in. Now, whether that's for Cop or some of the other players that are still remaining on the market. Um, you know, we'll, we will see, I guess, as the, uh, as the afternoon continues, but um, until it's done and until the Bob father and the boys are reporting that a deal is done. Um, and I think Chevy's playing this, I mean, which he has done in the past on a number of occasions, sometimes to his benefit, sometimes maybe um, to detriment, but, you know, playing right up to the deadline, right up to the time of the deal. And uh and I have a feeling he's probably sitting there. He's probably talking to two or three different GMs saying, this is the price. This is what I will trade Andrew Kopp for and seeing if one of them comes around closer to uh, the top of 2 p.m. Yeah, we are counting down. And again, I, I haven't seen like Paul Snazzy's name mentioned once. Um, I was watching TSN. I haven't seen it on Twitter. Um, so, But Andrew Kopp seems to be the guy. And you talk about some of the other trades. Uh, Boston was on the Hampus Lindholm deal. Seems to be uh, a lot from the weekend. Uh, you know, they gave a first, two seconds, and who, you know, two defensemen, two Jeff defensemen, and then they signed Hampus Lindholm to a big deal. Florida getting Claude Giroux on Saturday. Uh, what, you know, but I was surprised they were all got two players and Connor Bunneman, German Rubsov for Owen Tippett, a first and a third. I saw Flyers fans not too happy about that one. Well, uh, and the thing was, yeah. and I don't know what's up with this, but I mean, Giroux, Giroux had a full no move. Mm. and he said all along the only team he wanted to go to was florida yeah i mean i don't know whether he just likes the weather down there i mean i don't know why like when colorado is knocking on your door and you're an expiring contract why the hell wouldn't you go to colorado i mean to me that's the 
clear cut best chance to win the cup. Um, but you know, it's further away from Philly. As I said, I'm not going to speculate why, but I mean, you do wonder why a guy that, you know, was apparently desperate to go get an opportunity to compete for a championship and get moved is limiting the options to, uh, to just one, uh, one destination, but that tied the hands of the flyers. So, you know, they got their future first rounder. They got Owen Tippett and I think a third rounder for Giroux. Uh, but I do think there were some people around the league that were scratching their heads a little bit that they maybe weren't able to turn that into more. Although this has all the all the uh, signs, Remo, of one of those trade deadline deals that just you know doesn't work. I like Giroux. I hope that he actually does do well in Florida, and I'm kind of keen on the Cats doing some good things this year. But um, man, I mean, he has been a productive player, I guess, for Philadelphia. They haven't done any winning. They've just gone into the tank. He's going into a winning locker room, a team that's done great things this year. Um, you know, it's going to be very different than it was where it was sort of his show running it in uh, in Philadelphia. Okay, apparently on on Trade Center right now, this is coming across my Twitter. I see people writing in chat, and I'm curious about how Drew fits. Apparently, Craig Button just went down hard on the Jets coaching staff and the Jets uh, coaching staff and and ripped the Jets coaching right now. Uh, Scott Billick tweeting Craig Button dropping truth bombs. Right now, down goes Brown saying he's going hard on the co- on the Jets coaching. Other people saying he's ripping in, spitting facts. I want to hear this. I think he was probably saying a lot of stuff that um, you know that we agree with. I mean, the biggest thing was Andrew Cop last week saying about the penalty kill, how about the lawn chairs <laughs> comment. I mean, it's I don't think we talk about this enough because they were doing that penalty kill for years. Everyone in here was saying they need to get more aggressive than Andrew Cop's. Described as getting your lawn chairs out, watching them tee off. And then I think Murat asked him at the end, he's like, so do you like this uh, new penalty? He was like, yeah. And you just like see the frustration on his face. And I think stuff like that. I think there's been a lot of player usage issues. I mean, not elevating, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois in terms of minutes. Um, so I do, th- I do think some of this is justified, but I do need to hear, hear this clip. Uh, it sounds... Sounds juicy. I'll say that, and I'll, I'll make way for. Uh, is that Mike? Mike? Yeah. See, see if you can see if you can get that, and we'll uh, we'll have some time to play that a little later on. Mike McIntyre is going to join us from the rink in just a second. Hey, a big shout out to our friends over at F Apparel Custom Suits for Men at great prices from a great local company down at 190 Smith Street at F Apparel. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. At F's custom made suits start at just 400 bucks. They've got it all actually: suits, dress shirts. Chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. And great deals for your wedding party and your high school graduate. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street or online at fephapparel.com. Our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to crank out Winnipeg's best prices on Winnipeg's largest selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Delicious lunch options as well, like Vita Market salads, soup, sandwiches, and more in their grab-and-go deli. And if you can't make it to the store, visit their brand-new, fully shoppable website to buy online or schedule a delivery with Instacart. That new website is myvita.ca, and you can visit Vita Health Fresh Market at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And, of course, our friends at Culligan Water. Remo had you just duck out for a Culligan delivery, as a matter of fact. This is how it works at Winnipeg Sports Talk. You I never did. know what's going on behind the uh, behind the scenes. Uh, but they, of course, are uh, the go-to people for all things water for your family and business here in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, 
whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Go see them. Culligan Water, 1200 Sargent Avenue, 204-694-5180, and online at drinkculligan.com. All right, let's get down to the rink. Mike McIntyre hanging out, waiting for uh, waiting for something to happen, although a few things have already happened. Mike, thanks so much for doing this. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it, hey, by the way, Hus, does that make Remus a water carrier? Like, is he carrying water for uh, <laughs> for the team? I think the Culligan man was the water carrier True. at the time. But uh, point by you, yeah. He maybe he maybe may, may did a little bit of that. I see what you're doing there. Um, I don't know where you want to start. You know, let's you know the games are whatever. We'll maybe touch on that if we have time. But um, let's start off with last night. I mean, post game, we hear that Mason Appleton's coming back to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does a couple things. It uh, it feeds into the narrative that I think we're we're seeing play out, and we're going to see play out by the time the day is done here. That Kevin Chevaldeoff is kind of sucking and blowing at the same time. He's buying, but he's also selling. And in the case of Mason Appleton, they're buying a product that they already know. Right? Uh, this is uh, a player that they drafted, that they developed. Um, and certainly earned his way into the NHL through the Jets system. And he's a player, to be honest, that it pained them to lose. Uh, they had to lose somebody. And of course, there was a lot of hand-wringing at the time about you know who gets exposed, who gets protected. We know, of course, that the Jets ultimately uh, chose to protect Logan Stanley and, and Mason Appleton and Dylan DeMello were exposed. A lot of people thought it was DeMello maybe that would be the one to go and interesting now that Dylan DeMello is you know a name that gets thrown out there as a potential trade ship for the Jets but I think they're very happy to get Mason Appleton back because they know you know what he is they know what he is in the room they know what he is on the ice and he obviously the um some some cost control and some term and so when you're the Jets and you're looking at you know selling some of your UFAs, um, those are holes that need to be filled. And I think for the Jets, they're kind of trying to walk both lines here. They, they don't want to lose guys for nothing, but they also don't want to wave the white flag on the current season. Uh, not with the fact that they're just four points out and 19 games and, you know, some games here coming up in the next week to 10 days that I think they would look at as a real opportunity to make some hay. So a, a guy like Mason Appleton, he can step right in the lineup you know, and presumably fill a spot that I would expect in the next, what, 90 minutes uh, might be vacated by an Andrew Kopp and or a Paul Stasny. So they know what they're getting. And I know the Jets are very happy to get Mason Appleton back in the fold. And I'll be honest, Mike, I was, um, I mean, listen, I think very highly of Mason Appleton. I've been, you know, a, a fan of his and, you know, was disappointed to see him leave, but we knew that was the circumstances. Um, I'll do Mason Appleton for a fourth round pick all day long, especially right. when you consider that it's not like he's lit it up this year in Seattle. He'll be going into, you know, a new contract where, you know, you could potentially get him on a, a medium sized term at a very affordable rate. And that's exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need. But my first and foremost reaction to see Mason Appleton coming here was that Andrew Copps is good as gone. Were you thinking the same thing? Agreed. I, I don't think the Jets look. I, I don't think they're they're selling draft picks um, for assets. I don't think they're just buying. Uh, put it that way. And so I, I don't think you're making a move like that 
again, unless you're you're thinking ahead and knowing, hey, we're going to have a hole here in our you know top nine that needs to be filled, and who can we fill that with? Okay, the price was certainly right. You know, I think he's making nine hundred thousand this year, and he'll be a, a pay with arbitration uh, rights this summer. But you know, given the the season he's having, and he's had some injuries this year. Uh, six goals, 11 assists, like he's not going to get a big number. So that's something the Jets need. They need more guys that A, can produce, and B, not take up huge chunks of the cap because they have, they're a top-heavy team when it comes to, you know, you look at the forwards and then you look at their top four blue liners and, and what the prices on those guys are. You need guys that are, you know, at or near league minimum who can also be contributing players. And in Mason Appleton, they get a guy who found some real success here last season on a third line role. Granted, it was with Lowry and Kopp, and we expect in the next 87 minutes, there's a good chance that he won't be able to play tomorrow night with one of those guys. I guess he wouldn't be able to play with either because Adam Lowry's out of the lineup with COVID. We know at least one more game tomorrow night. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the price was right and it just made a lot of sense for the Jets. I guess one surprise to me would be, Huss, that, that Seattle's willing to give up on Mason Appleton so quickly. Uh, they, they don't have any players for Seattle, it, it seems. And I get that they're trying to stockpile picks and whatnot, but they also need guys that can play in the here and now. And I'm a little surprised that Seattle, you know, would, would just sort of pull the shoot so quickly on a guy like Mason Appleton. but. Uh, they obviously, you know, have other plans uh, out on the on the West Coast. Yeah, well, I, I think they quickly moved to plan B, Mike, when we saw the way this season was going for them. Right. And they said, you know what, maybe we're going to, you know, I know Vegas set the bar pretty high, but let's yeah. go back to old school expansion rules and just suck. And uh, let's yeah. see if we can get a couple real high draft picks, a couple franchise players and uh, and go from there. And that certainly is sort of, what it seems like it's been happening with uh, with young croc dealt um you know with mark giordano dealt mason appleton dealt i mean uh, marcus johansson. johansson just got traded to the washington capitals as well so there's plenty of that and just as an aside i mean looking ahead if this cop trade does happen i mean i think mason appleton immediately gets plunked down there on that line um you know, Svechnikov had been a guy that had been certainly had his moments this year and had been playing well at times. They'd also run afoul of the coach at times as well. But I'll tell you what, Jansen Harkins picked a pretty good time to have a couple goals and have a game like he had on Sunday night to remind the coach that, uh, you know what, hey, he and the general manager, for that matter, that uh, he is a viable option if, in fact, Andrew Kopp goes to a greener pasture. Yeah, that was a nice looking third line last night. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I, I doubt we see it again because I doubt Andrew Kopp is still here uh, later this afternoon. But, you know, Kopp, Svechnikov, Harkins, I know it, it it was a makeshift line of sorts because of the Lowry COVID diagnosis. And, you know, they, they sort of slapped that together last minute. But those guys certainly seem to click. And you're right. It's a, a good chance for a guy like Jansen Harkins who – you know, far too often this year, he's kind of been an afterthought. Like, you know, he's on the fourth line and he's usually only playing four or five minutes. Dave Lowry seemingly has fallen into the the old Paul Maurice trap of barely playing the fourth line, even though he's constantly said that that's something he wants to prioritize and then that it just never seems to happen. Uh, and so in, in his case, you know, he gets the bump up the lineup and he certainly produces. And he's two goals 
that was probably the bare minimum last night. He could have had a lot more than that. He had some great chances and good for Jansen Harkins. And we'll see if that now opens some doors for him down the stretch. And certainly if, you know, Cop and or Stasny are moved uh, by the deadline today, um, again, depending on what they get back and, and if they get NHL ready returns or picks and prospects, um, there certainly would be an opportunity for Jansen Harkins to play a bigger role. And, you know, certainly was up for the task last night. Um, you know, I want to ask, I'll talk about this Little and Smith trade, but as it pertains to Kopp and Stastny, as we speak right now, and we're hearing everyone saying that they do expect Kopp to be dealt. I'm certainly right. in that case. I haven't heard much at all on Paul Stastny. And, you know, I think back to the last time the Jets reacquired him, it was for a fourth round pick. Um, you know, he's playing a top, well, top, yeah. top six role right now with the Winnipeg Jets, along with Shifley and Wheeler. Um, I don't know, I guess what from... As we speak right now, I'm thinking it's probably less likely that Stastny gets moved uh, as likely as it is that Cop finds a new home. A hundred percent. I think, you know, for the Jets, like you could, you could stomach, you know, using Stastny as a self-rental, if you will, and not feel like you let a major asset leave for nothing when he presumably goes and signs with another team this summer. Or maybe he resigns with the Jets. It would have to yeah. be obviously at a much lower number to make that work. But we know Paul Stasny, he's waived his no trade to come here twice. Like Paul Stasny loves Winnipeg and he likes his group. So who knows? And and so I think for a number of reasons, like you say, Haas, Paul Stasny on the open market, you know, today, he's not fetching you a big return. And I and he's certainly not fetching you a guy that is going to play the, you know, immediately step into the role that Stasny is playing right now. Now, I guess you can debate whether Paul Stasny should be in that role, but I mean, he's having a pretty nice season. Um, and so I, I could see the Jets just deciding, you know what, we're, we're not out of this playoff race and Paul Stasny is still a pretty useful piece to us. So yeah, you know, if, if we lose him in the summer for nothing, Again, this isn't a guy who's going to go sign a multi-year long-term deal the way we expect an Andrew Kopp would this summer. And that's why you can't afford to just let Andrew Kopp leave and you get nothing to show for it. And if the Jets aren't re-signing Andrew Kopp, and I do not suspect that they are, then you have to move him today uh, to get something. And I think it, right now, I think the delay in Andrew Kopp being traded is that the Jets are hoping between now and 159, that the price goes up, that the teams get desperate. Um, you know, the game of musical chairs, like everybody knows the music's about to stop. Nobody wants to be left without a chair. And a team kind of makes them an offer that that goes beyond what's already been offered. And Frank Cervelli reported, you know, two second round picks, but the Jets are holding out for a first. But again, if, if two seconds is the best you can do, then that's what you have to do on Andrew Kopp. I don't think there's the same pressure on Paul Stasny and so it wouldn't surprise me, Huss, if Paul Stasny is still a Winnipeg Jet uh, beyond this afternoon for the reasons you, you mentioned. Yeah, and I'm not sure where you're at on this, Mike. I mean, I'll be honest. I kind of thought that two seconds would have been sort of the top end return for Andrew Kopp. I mean, especially when we saw what Kelly Yarncroft went for. And I mean, Kopp's numbers this year are slightly better than Yarncroft's. I mean, over yeah. the last five years, Yarncroft's would be a bit better, but they're trending in different directions right now. Um, it, and we've also seen Kevin Chevaldeoff play his cards very close to the vest right up until 159, as you mentioned. So yeah. I have no doubt that that's exactly what happened. And hey, you know what? If he can somehow squeeze a first rounder out of this from somebody, 
For sure. The one thing that I do wonder about, though, Mike, is so many of these teams that had been rumored that to be in on COP have already traded their first round pick, like Colorado and Boston. Like, I wonder whether there's a suitor that even if they wanted to make that deal, right. whether they have the capital to make it. Yeah, the New York Rangers are one team that, you know, the Rangers have been scouting the Jets a ton lately. Like, they they were here pretty much every game for the last few weeks, and they were on the road as well. And the the Rangers have been watching the Jets for something. I actually thought Paul Stasny to the Rangers might make some sense. We know Gerard Gallant loves Paul Stasny. He played for him in Vegas, and, of course, he's behind the bench. Um, and so maybe that's who they were here watching. But it is and, – and they do have the, the picks. Uh, the Rangers certainly do. Uh, they also have some prospects in the system. But again, I, I just wonder if the Jets are more interested in a piece that could help them right now. And I go back to Boston and a guy like Jake DeBrusque, who very curiously signed a two-year contract extension today with the team that he's made it very public he does not want to play for. And to me, that issue facilitate uh, a little easier to potentially trade Jake DeBrusque. So I think, um, you know, I, whether it's the Jets that, that are on the other end of that, again, Boston is a team that we know has had interest in COP, has been watching the Jets closely. Could a COP for DeBrusque trade make some sense? I, I think it could. Um, would there have to be other pieces? You know, to me, Huss, a big part of COP boils down to this. Does the team acquiring him think that they can retain him, that they, they can lock him up? And obviously that changes the, the receipt uh, significantly if the team, you know, can get a contract done. So maybe that's part of the holdup. Maybe there's a team out there that, that, you know, is now having a conversation with, with Kurt Overhart, you know, to see what kind of numbers they'd be looking at and whether that's in the cards, because the Jets would obviously reap the rewards in a bigger way if that team knows that this isn't just a rental, but a, a player that's going to help them long term. Well, and that seems to be uh, exactly what happened in the Hampus Lindholm deal where, right. you know, they got the deal done and then very shortly thereafter, he uh, had an eight-year extension at $6.5 million. Um, Nate you goes to Pittsburgh for basically no return. If Pittsburgh is a nice playoff run, it'll be a seventh rounder. I mean, it just, to me, this uh, that opens up more room for um, younger players if the, sure. those spots make it uh, not the most noteworthy of deals although um you know what listen i know he took a lot of a lot of heat sometimes for some disastrous plays at times but um hey he was a good teammate a guy that stood up for his teammates and i think he was definitely well liked the very interesting deal though was speaking of well liked brian little um whose contract is now owned by the arizona coyotes along with a young man that we'd spent a lot of time talking about this year nathan smith who was a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award, the rights to Smith and the Littles contract go to Arizona for a fourth-round selection. Break that one down for us, Mike. Yeah, so the real value here for the Jets is not the fourth-round pick. I mean, sure they hope that that turns out to be something someday, but that is not why the Jets made that trade. The Jets made that trade for two reasons. Number one, um, they weren't going to be able to sign Nathan Smith this summer. And a guy who, as you say, a Hobie Baker finalist, guy they drafted now, I guess, four years ago, uh, who just played for the U.S. Olympic team, uh, obviously having a terrific final year of, of college uh, eligibility. Um, they were going to lose him this summer, you know, not unlike, say, Andrew Kopp, he was going to walk for nothing. So uh, the Jets were going to use him now as a trade ship. And, uh, you know, Getting out from Brian Little's two more years at 
almost $5.3 million that's been buried on LTIR for the last two years. It does not help the Jets today. It doesn't allow them to spend one extra penny today at the trade deadline. However, uh, there is a significant benefit to the Jets for the next two years that they were going to have to pay Brian Little, uh, you know, to, to, to account for his, his contract on LTIR. And to not completely overcomplicate it, there's, there's added salary cap flexibility that the Jets now have. Um, teams can accrue or essentially accumulate cap space during the year. For every dollar that you're under the ceiling, that basically extrapolates each day of the season. And so we see teams on trade deadline day have a lot more cap space to wheel and deal because of accumulated cap space that's, that's, you know, that's, that's piled up over the year. When you're using LTIR as the Jets have for the last two seasons, you cannot accumulate any cap space. That benefit is lost to you. So this now opens the door and I saw one great example, I forget the website, but they, they used the a $1 million term as an example, that if a team has $1 million of cap space on opening night, it could accumulate to the point that it's worth $5 million on trade deadline day. The Jets don't have that today. They will now have it the next two years because they got rid of Brian Little's uh, contract, which the Coyotes, curiously enough, Huss, they do not have to stick that contract on LTIR because the Coyotes, they're so close to the floor of the salary cap, they can just put Brian Little on regular injured reserve, not LTIR. That way they get the accumulated cap space that the Jets didn't by using LTIR. But the, the Coyotes are a team that has that ability, and that's why they were able to leverage this to Winnipeg and say, sure, we'll take that little problem off your hands what are you going to give us for it? Well, what the Jets gave them was the rights to Nathan Smith, a guy that I suspect they think that they can sign and might end up being a nice, you know, addition for them. Uh, so the Jets had to pay a price to get out from the the little LTIR. You made uh, you made an interesting comment in a tweet, kind of thinking back that oh, now this all makes sense with Kevin Shoveldayoff when he was yeah. asked about the top prospects and you know rattle off a bunch of dudes, none of them being Nathan Smith, which did at the time maybe seem a little strange with the season he was having, but I think reading the tea leaves right now, it was quite clear that they weren't too optimistic about him deciding to sign with the Jets considering his situation. Yeah, that was back in January at his sort of mid-season, and you know, he, he, I remember him mentioning all these prospects they had, and I actually said to him, like, I noticed you didn't mention Nathan Smith. Kind of what's going on with him? And then Kevin Shoveldayev said a few nice things about Nathan Smith and um, mentioned that he could be a possibility to to sign once his college season was done and maybe even join the Manitoba Moose you know we've seen that happen where players will join but you know I think they knew that there was going to be an issue and my colleague Jeff Hamilton as well actually talked to Nathan Smith uh, just prior to the Olympics uh, when he was selected to Team USA and Jeff kind of said the same thing that you know his spidey senses were tingling that Nathan Smith didn't exactly sound like a guy gung-ho to come to Winnipeg. And I guess that raises the question, Haas, like, why? What was Nathan Smith's problem with the Jets? Um, I believe he's from Florida, Nathan Smith is originally. Uh, Look, he's a center. Maybe he looked at the depth chart in the organization and feels that it's going to be a tough, you know, tough situation in the next couple of years to kind of crack the top six. I'm sure that's where he'd like to be, right? He sees 
Mark Scheifele's got terms still, a couple more years. They got Pierre-Luc Dubois. They got a young phenom like Cole Perfetti. They got Adam Lowry. They got David Gustafson. Like maybe he just said, maybe him and his agent looked at the Jets and said, hey, I want to play center in the NHL. How, how's that going to happen? Uh, and a team like the Coyotes, of course, they're very much looking for young guys that can, you know, maybe form their next core. So I suspect that it wasn't anything personal. Oh, who knows? Maybe he hates Winnipeg. Maybe he doesn't like snow. Um, whatever the case, uh, it wasn't going to work out. And I guess good for the Jets to, you know, again, they're benefiting by the fourth round pick. Who knows what that turns into? More than that, though, it's the cap flexibility. And again, it's not losing an asset for completely nothing, which would have been the case with Smith. Mike McIntyre is with us from the Winnipeg Free Press, live from Canada Life Center, waiting for, uh, well, the trade deadline to come. And we'll hear from, do we know what time uh, are we expecting to hear from Kevin Shevel Dayoff at some point this afternoon? Yeah, I mean, if the Jets don't do anything kind of right up against the buzzer, we expect it'll probably be around 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, of course, there is the possibility that it comes right down to the wire. And if Kevin Shoveldayoff is uh, is stuck on hold with NHL Trade HQ uh, processing a trade, I suspect that would get pushed back a little bit. We know um, Mason Appleton is actually on his way to Winnipeg uh, later today and He'll be at the morning skate tomorrow. He won't be talking today, though, because he's in transit. We'll hear from him tomorrow morning. Uh, and I do expect he will be a player tomorrow night for the Jets. Interesting to us, another thing to keep an eye on today is the clear day rosters for the AHL. Yeah. Um, teams have to, I believe it's that same time, or maybe they get an extra hour. But it's this afternoon where if you want a player to be eligible for the AHL playoffs, you have to kind of paper transaction them. One guy to watch for me is Cole Perfetti, who's on LTIR with the Jets. And we've kind of been having a debate down here. And I believe the answer is that, yes, the Jets could paper him to the moose, even though he's technically injured, that the player shouldn't be punished from an opportunity just because he's currently hurt. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the transaction wire later today. I would expect Vili Heinle will also be papered to the moose. Uh, the problem, though, if you're the Jets, is once today ends, you only have four recalls under non-emergency situations. So you have to be very careful. You can't just kind of have the the shuttle going back and forth from the Jets to the Moose here. Um, so you have to be a little more judicious with your call-ups from this point on. Of course, there's also no – the cap no longer exists. In the, there's no roster limit on on that sort of thing. So – uh, some Jets transactions likely will be coming later this afternoon. And the Jets, by the way, they do have to make a move to get Mason Appleton on the roster because they technically are over the cap right now. It would be as simple as sending Jeff Malott back to the Moose, which I expect would be what they would do. But again, we don't know what's happening with Kopp and Stasny and whether or not, you know, do they fill if, if they move one or two of those guys are they getting immediate returns that fill the spots? Are they having to call up from the farm? Uh, it should make for an interesting next few hours around here for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Mike, in addition to COP, um, do you, are you hearing anything about other Winnipeg Jets? We've spent a lot of time talking about the blue line Gee, and the yeah. five veteran defenders. I mean, I think it's probably more likely that if a move like that happens, which probably has to happen at some point, it's in the offseason. But then again, we're seeing some pretty nice prices paid for defenders right now, albeit I think the term on these contracts really complicates Kevin Sheveldayoff's ability to deal any of them. It does, but that's where a guy like, say, Brennan Dillon is is interesting to me. I, I think Nate Schmidt and his number and his term is 
probably going to scare some teams away. But a guy like Brandon Dillon, you know, we just saw what Josh Manson went for, right? And, you know, Josh Manson is not having a very good season. And I would I would argue a team would, you know, I'd prefer to have Brandon Dillon on my team than Josh Manson. Um, and, of course, Brandon Dillon, unlike Josh Manson, though, he's a pending UFA. He's got the term. Uh, but, you know, I got to think that the defense market being what it is and the Jets knowing that they have maybe a position of strength to operate from, I would be surprised if we see a guy moved today. Again, because I think the Jets are also weighing the fact that they're still in a race here, right? They view this as they don't want to just throw the white flag up and say, we surrender. They believe, and you look at their schedule, Huss, like their next five games, you know, they're going to play play a Vegas team tomorrow that, yeah, they've won a few in a row here, but they kind of hit the skids before that. But they're playing in Minnesota tonight, so they're getting a team on a back-to-back. Then you get uh, Ottawa, Columbus, Arizona, and Buffalo. Um, you know, so there's a chance here uh, if the Jets could string four or five wins together, something they haven't been able to do since the calendar flipped to 2022. I mean, who knows? So I think if the deal like that were to happen, it is much more likely in the offseason. And I wouldn't be saying that if the Jets were standing here today, you know, eight points out of that final spot. Then I'd say all bets are off and you're maybe looking to maximize what you could get now from a desperate team that's willing to overpay. I, I just don't really see it at this point because I think the Jets would view it as a message to the rest of the group that, you know, they're surrendering. And I don't think Kevin Shoveldayoff wants to do that to this group. Yeah, you know what? We talk a lot about that. I mean, the message to the group. At a certain point, the GM's got to do his job and the players have to do it. And the reason why the general manager is in that position right now, uh, if the players really want to know, there's one place where they can look, and I think you know where that is. It's on a wall in front of them. They'll see the cells in their reflection. Well, although Craig Button, and I heard that I caught the end of his comment as I came out to the rink just into the from the media room here. I did catch the a bit of his comments where he kind of laid this not so much at the feet of the players, but at the feet of the coaches, which I thought was interesting because, of course, they've had two different coaches this year. Um, and to be fair, and I know Remus was going to dig the clip out, what I heard Craig saying wasn't so much he wasn't saying Dave Lowry's a terrible coach. He was laying it more at the foundation of the systems that whether or not it's that he's he's not made the this, the changes you need. And it's hard to argue. I mean, we watch a game like last night against the Blackhawks where the Jets are making some of those <laughs> same mistakes. They're they're so loosey goosey in their own end. The stuff that we've beaten to death over the years about this team that we thought they had finally cleaned up or because they brought in some some new personnel. Some of the same issues, the puck management, the inability to clear out the front of the net. And if you want to exhibit A on that, Huss, I don't know if you saw it. Go back to see, go back and look at what Bruce Cassidy said post Friday night about the Jets and their inability to clear the front of the net. You don't usually hear other teams' coaches talking about a weakness of an opponent. Bruce Cassidy, through the defense core and the system the Jets use under the bus and then drove over it, when he talked about how he doesn't really understand why they're so easy to establish the front of the net, that was a pretty damning comment from a a rival coach that, you know, I'm sure was heard loud and clear within the organization. So is that coaching and systems? Is that personnel and performance? Is that a combination of all of those? Uh, But you are right. I mean, at the end of the day, Kevin Shoveldayoff, he can't just be thinking about 
what's going to give the Jets a, the best chance to win tomorrow night. He's also got to be thinking what's going to give them the best chance to win next season and the season after that, which goes back to the same old issue we've talked about a bit before, which is, well, is Kevin Chevaldeoff around for that? And I would suggest the the fact that he's in this position today, and especially if we see him make a move like Andrew Kopp, that tells me that he's got the vote of confidence from ownership and that uh, I wouldn't expect Kevin Chevaldeoff uh, uh, his seat to be all that hot right now if he's being kind of tasked with making these these big decisions. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I, I you know, said it on this program a number of times. I certainly imagine that Kevin Chevaldeoff is going to be the guy running this hockey operations this summer and will be the guy that has the opportunity to make changes. And But beyond that, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, which is unlikely, I mean, I think everything is on the table as far as the coaching staff. And that's something that we've talked about, you know, for... <laughs> A long time here as well um you know a real true significant shake up to the core the leadership group some of the key players and really maybe um facilitating the uh transfer of power if you will of the guys that are the they're the real drivers of this club that you know are the leaders as opposed to um you know what we've seen for a long time i think all that's on the table if things don't end up with a miraculous run at the end of the season, getting into the post into the playoffs. Agreed. I mean, that would probably render today more of an appetizer than the main course, uh, which would come this summer, but uh, no doubt the jets, uh, you know, would like to help themselves to a big helping of, uh, of the playoffs. Um, They got their work cut out from my, I think it was, uh, I forget which player last night, actually put a number on it. I think he said they have to win 14 or 15 of their last 19. And, you know, that's probably pretty accurate. So um, the Jets can't afford too many off nights. And, you know, I thought last night they certainly weren't at their best, uh, but they did get the two points and they'll quickly put that one in the rearview mirror. And now uh, a real opportunity again tomorrow against the, the, the team that at least on paper right now, they're chasing. I, I, they're, we know that with games in hand and stuff, Vegas isn't necessarily the team. They have to pass a number of teams, Vegas being one of them. So a big game tomorrow, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what the Jets lineup looks like. We expect Mason Appleton will be in. Uh, whether or not Andrew Kopp and or Paul Stasny are in that lineup, uh, I guess we're about uh, 61 minutes or so away from uh, from finding out. Yeah, I wonder what number Appleton's going to wear. His 22 got given to Austin Pognanski, but Austin Pognanski's back down with the moose. Maybe he breaks out the 82 again from uh, when he started <laughs> and when he started as with. Hey, Mike, before we go, though, I mean, um, we've got a second. doesn't seem to be much happening. Obviously, if something breaks, we'll uh, we'll move. But um, what did you think about the weekend for the Jets? Um, <laughs> the game on Friday, like coming off the infamous Bronx cheer comment to go into the second period and to give up the first 15 shots and yeah. a two nothing lead was, um, uh, it was something. Um, and then of course they got right back into it. And then I mean, what a devastating way to lose a game. I mean, Brendan Dillon, you know, obviously you, you don't mean to do that, but you just can't do that. And, um, man, it burnt and, you know, back to Cassidy's comments, I mean, I realize it was the PK, but Taylor Hall, of all players, just setting up shop in front of the net right. and banging in a rebound. I mean, that was the Achilles heel for the Winnipeg Jets in that game, amongst a number of things they didn't do particularly well against a very good team. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, that's the kind of game the Bruins, you know, every game the Bruins play is kind of a playoff-style game because they're built for that, right? And I think the dominance we saw in the second period, like, 
that's one of those games that I would think has to give some pause to thought, you know, Kevin Shovel Day off to think, geez, even if we were to sneak in, like, are we really, it's not worth mortgaging the future over here because that's probably a sneak preview of, of what, what's in store for us. Even if we were to sneak in as, as the eighth seed, and we know that that would mean playing Colorado and the Jets, track record against the avalanche is is atrocious certainly this season they're going to see them two more times here down the stretch but yeah i mean that second i thought the jets played a really decent first period and probably deserved to be up a goal or two i mean i think andrew cop it was had a wide open chance and of course nikolai ehlers uh perhaps one of the worst penalty shots we've ever seen um i'm not sure what that was um just absolute slow motion nice what that was was a good example of why he never gets thrown out in the shootout i think mike yeah i love the uh i think it was a boston scribe who suggested that he should nicola should be ticketed for loitering uh because he took so long to take a shot uh that was a good line but um they had they had those chances but then to come out in the second period like that and just you know be absolutely overwhelmed by the bruins uh, that was um a troubling sign to say the least, but of course they put that loss behind them and went in and got the job done, albeit barely last night. You know, they almost blow the 5-2 lead. Connor Hellebuck has to make a couple huge saves in the final minute or so there to, to prevent that game from getting tied and going to overtime. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine, look, the players can say all they want that they're trying to block out, you know, all the talk about the trade deadline. I have to think it has an impact. These guys, you know, especially Andrew Kopp and Paul Stasny, they're beloved in the room. They've been fixtures here. And, you know, I wonder if once today passes, regardless of what happens, um, if the Jets will be able to maybe kind of put that behind and, and you know, reset the mind and and move forward. I mean, time will tell. But uh, I got to think that, that it's weighing on them right now. Um, to the Jets' credit, they're what now? I think 6-3-1. and one. Seven, three, and one over their last stretch here. So, look, they've played some pretty good hockey. Um, they've, they've got the points, you know. Uh, they'd like more, of course. But uh, there is a chance here uh, over the the next 10 days, you know, heading into Buffalo sort of mid-next week to really go on a run. And that's what the Jets are going to need. They That's what they've been unable to do. Um, it's just a question now of uh, who's going to be in the lineup uh, to try and go on that run that they they so desperately need. And uh, it should be interesting to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff today because I, I suspect we'll, we'll not just be asking him about what he did or didn't do today, but I'm sure he's going to get some kind of long-term vision-type questions. And I, I, I will be listening very closely to see, you know, how – he doesn't say a lot, I know, at the best of times, but – I'll be curious to see if his tone or or even his words have changed at all, if there's been a, a shift in either his confidence in this group or the path that they need to take going forward. Interesting, Mike. Just before we go, Remus just uh, put up on the uh, the screen that it looks like our Terry Lekkinen's going to the Avalanche for a second-round pick. Um, uh, you know, listen, I'm not sure what was coming back for Andrew Kopp, but, I mean, if they're trading a second for Lekkinen, I'm not sure whether there's a spot in uh, the top of the Central Division for number right. nine. Yeah, Lekkonen's an interesting name. He's one I actually threw out the other day in in my piece that I wrote about the Jets being buyers and sellers, along with Jake DeBrusque. He's another guy, uh, another pending RFA. And Lekkonen, who's also an RFA, and 
you know, just I had speculated that he's the kind of player the Jets might be targeting, try and fill a cop, you know, hole, uh, a guy that can play kind of up and down a bit in your lineup and do a bunch of things defensively and some offense. Uh, so that would be interesting because, you know, not only would that take the Jets out of the running of getting Lekkonen, but as you say, might also be a another twist in the Andrew Kopp uh, debate. I mean, I still think a team like Boston is probably the front runner for Kopp. It's just a question of whether they they meet the price the Jets have. But uh, the risk in waiting, like if you're Kevin Shoveldayoff and you're waiting to see if you can drive that price up, the risk, of course, is that, you know, near the buzzer, uh, teams move on. They they say, well, fine, we're not going to sit around and wait for you to decide on this. We'll go get that. And then you try and circle back, and this is now gone. And now you're left without a dance partner, right? So um, it's, uh, it's a game of chess for sure. Uh, and you just hope, I guess, as a GM that you're playing chess and not checkers uh, or tiddlywinks uh, with, with, you, with the other GMs out there. <laughs> Uh, Mitch mentioning the TSN guys are mentioning that the uh, Rangers are interested in Andrew Kopp, and I see that they just acquired Justin Braun for some uh, backup on the blue line. Now, Mike, I know you've got lots to do. Thanks so much. I, fill us in on what you've got coming up this week in the free press. I know it'll be all about today, uh, but there is a, a special return of a very popular individual coming to town on Friday. I'm sure you're going to be touching on as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a week of returns. We get the Mason Appleton return tomorrow. Um, but yeah, Patrick Lyon, uh, you know, in Columbus for that game uh, when the Jets were down there and he was injured, of course, and I think it was in November. Um, but the return to Winnipeg was always going to be the big story. And uh, that uh, that's something I'm very much looking forward to. And we'll have a chance, of course, to uh, to chat with Mr. Lyon later in the week. And I'll have a column on uh, on that. And um, yeah, looking forward to kind of getting his perspective on, uh, on, you know, his season started off really slow, but he's picked it up as of late and oh. Luke Dubois, they're, they're kind of neck and neck, if you will, for, for goals and points. Uh, I do suspect that's a trade that, that both teams are pretty happy with right now. Um, uh, we also got the Jack Roslevic return as well, who I see has been on the TSN trade bait list today, um, working his way up the list. So, I say we'll get Jack Rosovic's return, but I guess it's possible we won't if something were to happen. Although I did note, Huss, this morning at Columbus practice, Rosovic was the number one center, and on his right side was Pat. So maybe we'll get them uh, playing together on Friday. Should be an interesting atmosphere in the rink for sure. Hey, uh, what do you think the reception's going to be like for lining on Friday night? I, 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 I think it's going to be... He... Sorry, go ahead. What do you think first before I say... Oh, I think I think he'll get a hero's welcome. Big time, big time. Like I think it will yeah. be, I, I I think it'll be unlike anything that we've seen yeah. maybe in it'll be two point of of a traded player coming back. I mean, there's been some nice right. you know welcomes, but I think it's going to be different with Patrick Lining on Friday night. It, it might be very much like what happened when Timu Solani came back here and <laughs> like. Remember that? That was great. The, the, the cheers and then it turned to boos when he didn't have the puck. And yeah. I don't know that we'll get the booing when Line a doesn't have the puck, but I, I don't think there's anybody. I mean, I'm sure there, sorry, I'm sure there's some people that blame Line a for what happened here. I think, though, the majority of fans look at Patrick Line a and see a guy that gave his 
all and and helped put this city, you know, made this city a pretty exciting market when it comes to the NHL and, you know, his personality and and all the things he did on the ice. Yeah, I, I expect a hero's welcome. I'd be stunned and frankly, a little disgusted if uh, if there's some booze for Patrick. Oh, Lyon. there, there yeah. I mean, well, listen, I mean, you can't in, in any large gathering um, in 2022, <laughs> you can never have a uh, 100 percent consensus. Right. But I'm with you. I think it will be as close to a um a welcome back open arms and i think it'll be a special night i'm really looking forward to yeah. it but a couple very big games for this hockey team if they want to be in the mix before then mike thanks so much for doing this you betcha uh we'll see uh, we'll see what the next hour brings you got it take care there's mike right. mcintyre from the winnipeg free press all right we're going to bring in sean reynolds coming up in just two seconds i do want to uh of course thank our great friends over at Little Brown Jug for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Little Brown Jug down on William Avenue. Um, check out that 1919 if you haven't uh, had it beforehand. And if you head down to Little Brown Jug on William, you can try all seven beers that they're producing right now. If you're popping by the local beer store, grab it at um, the Winter Variety Pack, if you'd like, the Brute IPA and more. And, of course, they do do citywide delivery Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. You can order online at littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, our friends at Boston Pizza are ready to go for a big weekend downtown. Tomorrow, Vegas, Thursday, Ottawa, Friday, Columbus. Before and after every game, City Place Boston Pizza is a great place to be. And if you're not heading to the game, gather with your friends at your local BP or order online at bostonpizza.com. And uh, hey, our friends at Not Autocorp have something really cool that they put together. You can check out their Twitter feed or their Facebook, uh, but Not Autocorp is inviting you to experience a Tesla for an extended period of time, receive a comprehensive orientation. Book easily online now. The experience is free if you buy the Tesla. It's the Tesla experience right now. You can find out more over at not.ca or pop down and see them. At Waverly and McGilvery. All right. Um, continuing with some of our friends that are just sort of waiting for something to happen downtown. Fresh off another riveting episode of Kenny and Rennie post game last night. Sean Reynolds looking like a million US tax free, I might say, joining wow. us now. No headband today, ready for prime time. What's up, Ren? This is the professional version of me here. I can't bring that. That's a that's like my secret alter ego. I can't bring that into this workspace. There's no. It's a no headband zone in here. <laughs> um, uh, let's get right to it. I mean, we won't spend too much time on the games, but um, you know, right after you guys were on the air last night, as we sort of got word, I believe Jay Bell was the first one that sort of spoke. Yeah. That was uh, um, Mason Appleton coming back to with the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, for a fourth round pick, I mean, I do that all day. I mean, I think that's a, that's an important player that has a future here in Winnipeg, a fourth round pick, very reasonable. But um, when you heard that, what did you think about Andrew Cop? What did that tell you about Andrew Cop's situation and where are you at right now? And what are you hearing on Cop? Well, I, I think that means that he's gone. That's what I thought as soon as I heard that. That's a replacement on that very line that I think that, the, you know, Cop was going to end up on that third line as the Jets made this push down the stretch. So you get a guy who, you know, has played on that line before, has succeeded on that line. I agree with you. Absolutely great price for him. Uh, there's very little risk in making that move. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff leading into the trade deadline here had said that he's trying to be both a buyer and a seller. Said he was looking for that 
middle six type of player. Well, that's exactly what the, the Winnipeg Jets see Mason Appleton as. So I, I think that clears the deck for them to make that move. I think that's going to happen. I don't think it would be insanely out of this world if if they kept those two players. But I do think right now, if we could see behind the scenes right now, Kevin Sheldayoff is furiously working the phones to try and close a deal to send Andrew Kopp out of town. Yeah, and what's interesting is I, I guess it was Frank. I, I get mixed up with all the insiders at this time. We're looking at so sure. much stuff. But Franks and Dregs have both been on this. And, you know, it said that the Jets had tabled two second rounders. And to be honest, I thought that was maybe the high end of what they could expect for a return for Andrew Kopp. Sounds like they're pushing for a first rounder. The interesting thing from my perspective, Sean, is who's got a first rounder to give right now of these teams that are supposedly interested? We saw Lindholm go to Boston. We know Colorado got forced into ditching their first rounder uh, at the beginning of the season because they didn't have a goalie and needed to get Darcy Kemper. I guess the Rangers are a team that's mentioned right now, but I mean, listen, assuming that Kopp will be traded, um, any thoughts on where he'll go? And, and and I guess the bottom line is what can what sort of a return can the Winnipeg Jets expect for a very important player? Well, I mean, I, I think right now they're trying to push it right till the very end. The the thing that you worry about, I think, if you're a Jets fan, is that they don't push it to the point that they push it too far, and then all the suitors walk away from the table. I mean, the Colorado Avalanche were a team that was mentioned as having interest. Uh, to me, them getting Arturi Lekkonen, who's a phenomenal uh, player for them to pick up, uh, a guy who's really, really great in the playoffs, plays like a really gritty style of game, I think plays a style that maybe that's what they would have been looking for out of Andrew Kopp. Um, means that they're out of out of the bidding war for that. So I do think that, uh, I mean, put it this way, if, if the asking price right now is is two second rounders, I think, um, you know, if the Jets have interest in, in a player like Jake DeBrusque, which uh, I'm pretty sure that they do, um, you know, that that's what they're tr- swinging for. That's the trade that they want to make is some way of bringing him in and sending Andrew Kopp out. And then you get a player who you've got a couple more years of team control with. Um, uh, but I mean, if, if, the t- if the two second rounders are what's been tabled so far, clearly people are balking at the prices that the Winnipeg Jets are asking. So I don't know if it's the Jets holding this, uh, holding the line right until the very end, trying to see if they can get anyone else to blink. Uh, who knows, maybe in the end, and I guess we'll get that if they end up set- settling for two second rounders then clearly they tried to hold out for more and it didn't work but uh, uh, I think you touched on it the New York Rangers are a team that's still a possibility look like they would be interested in a player like Andrew Kopp um, Boston Bruins are a team I think you saw that the other day you see them come in they're stocked on the wings they've added two defensemen now so they look to be stocked on defense I think they're okay with their goaltending but with Patrice Bergeron down out of the lineup the other night they were very very thin down the middle so I don't think they want to have that problem when they go into the playoffs so Andrew Kopp is a guy that they look like they would be very much interested in having but again uh, we'll, we'll see who can put who who blinks first heading down this last little bit of time well and and you know what you made a great point last night and by the way I mean also they're still dealing with the loss of David Krejci in the offseason mm-hmm. I mean, he was such a mainstay in that top six and you know he hadn't really had anyone Charlie Coyle but um that's come in and been that guy but you know I thought you made a great point last night on KNR in that you know, you can't ignore the contract statuses of these players. And with the extension, the two-year extension to Jake DeBrusque this morning, many people suggesting that that makes him more tradable. I mean, you've got some cost certainty. You know exactly what you're doing. I'm sort of with you. I mean, I don't think you're getting Jake DeBrusque with two years left on his deal at $4 million 
in a straight-up deal for Andrew Kopp. I mean, if anything, this might be a back-and-forth between Dayoff and, and Boston as to what the Jets have to put in if that is the guy that they have their eyes set on. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you could mitigate some of that risk if you were to pull off a sign-and-trade type of deal, if you signed an Andrew Kopp extension and then sent him, and then Boston knew they were going to have him going forward. But I still think that Jake DeBrust is a player that has a, a higher expected ceiling than Andrew Kopp. He's younger than Andrew Kopp. Uh, his pedigree, you know, he's a first-round pick versus a fourth-round pick, I believe Andrew Kopp was. So um, I, I do think that it would take it would have to be Andrew Kopp and something else if, if that was going to happen, especially if it was – I mean, if there's no extension in place then it's going to have to be a lot more because basically all the jets are doing is downloading the risk they have of losing losing that player for nothing onto the boston bruins where why would the don sweeney have gone out and got cost assurance uh, and locked the player up for two more years just to take the advantage of having that and send it away to another team so it's uh that situation is one that if the jets are working on that maybe that's what's happening behind the scenes here right now uh it it, it would take i think it would take andrew cop plus but it I think it would also take Andrew Cobb getting locked down to a deal in order for that to happen. Well, and you know what? I mean, and, and that could very well be happening right now as we speak, because this is exactly what Boston did with Anaheim. I mean, they worked on Lindholm. They wanted to sign him. They agreed on the framework of the deal um, and then went ahead and inked him to an eight-year, $6.5.5 million extension. But I don't think they were going to do that unless they had that in the hand. So... Maybe Kurt Overhart is bending the Bruins over as we speak and squeezing them <laughs> for all of his life. Um, hey, you know what? We haven't spent a ton of time talking about Nathan Smith, but I mean, he had a really exciting year this year. He was a Hobie a Baker finalist. Um, you know, I think most people, you know, thought that the Jets would be looking to sign him at the end of the season. I guess it's quite clear that he didn't have a lot of interest in coming to Winnipeg by what we saw happen earlier today. Interesting deal. Sure, you get a fourth rounder, you get something for nothing. And this was a player that you would have lost for nothing in the summer. Uh, but also Brian Little's contract going to the Arizona Coyotes. What was your reaction to that one, Ren? Well, I think, uh, you know, Bill Guerin was just on uh, talking uh, to one of the stations and had said about their, uh, and remind me of his name, uh, the prospect that they had who decided he didn't want to stay with Minnesota. And oh, they Jake moved McBain, on, Andrew yeah, McBain's son. Exactly. Jake McBain, I think he went to Arizona as well. I mean, so, and and the way that the Wild had handled that is you don't want to be a Minnesota Wild anymore, see you later. I mean, that makes the decision easy, is how Bill Guerin put it. So I think it would be the same thing for Kevin Dayoff. If you don't want to be a Winnipeg Jet, here's the door. Let's move you along, right? And the ability to move uh, move Brian Little's contract and then open up some, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, financial freedom for the Jets going forward that they haven't had while carrying Andrew Kopp in LTIR is clearly important. The one thing that I find is fascinating about um, watching Kevin Chevel Dayoff deal at this time of year is he's playing a different game than everyone. For a lot of teams, it's just very simply, you know, are we buyers? Let's bring some guys in to try and compete for the Stanley Cup. Are we sellers? Okay, well, then let's get rid of our guys and move on. Because the Winnipeg Jets can't really draw a lot of players, maybe I shouldn't say can't, but don't draw a lot of players in free agency, they kind of have to strike in different ways. So if you take a look at guys like, you know, Stastny a couple of years ago and Nate Schmidt, uh, Brendan Dillon in the offseason, they go get those guys using the cap space that they have for teams that are in cap crunches. They kind of force deals uh, and force players into their system and doing it in that way. So when when it's kind of like strike while the iron's hot kind of thing. There's moves and people wanting to move things. So the Jets aren't necessarily looking at, you know, buying and 
building up for a run. They're looking at creating at this as a time where lots of assets are moving. So let's get moving a lot of the assets that we either need to move out or that we can't use or solve some of the problems that we have. That Brian Little contract was a problem that they dealt with the last kind of year, the last couple of years. Nathan Smith wasn't going to stay. So this was the perfect time to move him. Um, I just find it interesting that what we see from the Jets here, and I think, again, what we're seeing behind the scenes with Andrew Kopp is they are trying to get a guy right now that they won't have to head out on the market and look for in free agency when it's really hard to get players in free agency in Winnipeg. So this it's it's a different game the Winnipeg Jets are playing right now. Uh, but Kevin Shovel Day off in I mean the Appleton deal I think is really smart to go back to that taking care of a lot of that business right now that is not necessarily meant to be just a run to the playoffs but long term while while assets are moving around the league. I think it's a smart move by Kevin Gildale. Well, and, and one of the other things that we've talked about for, you know, last couple months, I mean, on our show, you guys have certainly kicked it around on KNR, is the the glut of veteran defensemen signed with term here in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone realizes with these younger players that at some point something's got to give. And I think the most logical time is probably in the offseason to move one of those players. But I will say, Sean, that, you know, with some of the prices that we've seen for defensemen go at this market, I have a feeling that maybe it's given Cheval Day off pause to possibly consider moving up that plan to open up a spot for younger defensemen because of what's on the market, whether you can get that for a guy with the term that some of the Winnipeg Jets defensemen have another story. Yeah, I just think the lens that everything should be viewed here uh, in, in Winnipeg is that I don't think Kevin Dayoff has given up on the idea of the Winnipeg Jets making the playoffs. Now, the numbers suggest he should. I mean, you take a look at, I think it's cap friendly, has them listed at about 5%. And it makes sense if you take a look at a team like Dallas down the stretch. They don't have the most difficult uh, uh, schedule down the stretch here. They've got two games in hand. They've got three points. Um, so, but if you're the Jets... And you're ter- looking at the path to get to the playoffs you've needed to jump over a number of teams the san jose sharks the the anaheim ducks the vancouver canucks they've done that so far so they've been making their way closer and closer to that and now all of a sudden they've got the uh the vegas golden knights coming into town here they've got a game in hand they only trade them by four points well if they beat them now they're only two points back with a game in hand that said they uh, vegas is playing minnesota who knows if minnesota beats them and then Vegas has to come in and play on back-to-back nights against two tough teams and loses two games in a row. Suddenly it's looking like the Jets are going to not only be able to hop that over them, but push them back into the rear view mirror a little bit. Now it's just a showdown between you and the Dallas stars, right? And so I, I do think that every deal that's made here, you have to look at it from the perspective that Kevin Shevel Dayoff is trying to end this day with a roster that he feels is just as capable as the one he started the day with. I don't necessarily think he's running out to try and improve he's not a traditional buyer in the sense that he's trying to bolster his roster but I do think he's trying to give this roster you know uh, its chance to make the playoffs uh, and in doing that is trying to make sure that anyone he sends out he somewhat replaces so I, Mason Appleton is supposed to do that somewhat with Andrew Kopp if he can turn Andrew Kopp into a similar player as Andrew Kopp with term that would be an unbelievable uh, move in my mind if he was able to pull that off but that said I think everything needs to be looked at as though Kevin Shell day off is trying to keep this team where it is right now and give it an opportunity to prove something to him down the street it's funny that you mentioned that because i'm not sure if you saw remus pull that up but just uh in the last um you know couple minutes darren drager reporting that the jets have acquired zach sanford from the ottawa senators 
okay. for a fifth round pick. Now, what's interesting with this Rennie is, I mean, you know, he had a couple pretty solid seasons as a depth player for St. Louis. Yeah. Um, you know, he had 16 goals and 30 points in 1920 in 58 games, 10 goals and 16 points in 52. This year, he was nine and eight for 17 and 62. So, you know, it's a depth player. But what I find interesting about this is that he's making $2 million and he's a UFA at the end of this season. So to your point, I mean, this is, I mean, I guess maybe they think that he's a guy that they can keep around in the future. But as of right now, from what we know, there's no guarantee that that happens. And I mean, admittedly, fifth round picks are not, you know, the most valuable asset. That is an interesting acquisition for Winnipeg trying to, you know, fill out some of that bottom six, especially with the assumed pending um, departure of Andrew Kopp. I mean, th- just thinking out loud here with this this falling in our laps while we're doing this, to me, what I take from that is they're opening up the possibility that they end up moving Andrew Kopp simply for picks and for futures, right? So to, to the point of what we were just talking about, Kevin Sheveldayoff wants this team to be as capable at the end of the day as it was at the start of the day. Uh, if you're not going to be able to turn Andrew Kopp into the same player coming back with term, which was always going to be a massive, huge ask, then what you're trying to do is pull enough of the pieces together and get good enough on the back end that if you do lose Andrew Kopp in your bottom six, you're able to replace that. So I take a look at a guy like Mason Appleton coming in, now Sanford coming in. Those are two players who are capable players, can be used in the bottom six, and can round out your roster if Andrew Kopp ends up moving along. Uh, To me, that's just another signal that Andrew Kopp is on his way out the door, maybe for a little bit less than the Jets were pie, some would say pie in the sky, trying to get in return for Hey, ready. Uh, before we go, I know we've talked a lot about trades and we'll see what happens in the next half hour past, um, past two, but, um, just quickly, what do you think about the game last night? And, uh, have we seen the last of Christian Veselainen with the club this season, barring a complete, you know, a run of injuries, especially with the two new guys that have just been picked up? Well, the two new guys tell me that, yeah, we have seen the last of him. Uh, and and we've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, Christian Veselainen was given far more opportunity to stick in the NHL than I think, you know, anything but like maybe the top 5% of prospects. He was given every opportunity to succeed. Hasn't really worked out. His confidence can't be very good. I think he needs some time in the A and he needs a lot of time in the A. This isn't something that you fix and send him down for two weeks and turn things around they need to get him into a rhythm of a hockey player who thinks that he's contributing and doing uh really well so i I think yeah i think he's down as far as that as for the game last night i've said this time and time again these are the kind of games that i just hate that the Winnipeg Jets play because they don't play the right way. They uh, skill their way out of a game. Um, and, and listen, if you were a team that only did that every once in a while, skilled your way out of a game after you laid an egg uh, and then moved on and started playing hockey the right way, if that was the kind of outlier, it wouldn't be a problem. My take is that the Winnipeg Jets have these kind of games and then that becomes who they are. They And, and down this stretch where they're going to be playing against a bunch of teams below the playoff line, you know, if they don't turn that around and start playing, you know, here, here's what we're playing another really bad team. Oh, they don't look like they're interested in playing defense tonight. Let's not play defense either. Cause my guess is we can, 
can beat them seven to five, right? Those that's the <laughs> mindset that I find the Winnipeg Jets just too easily fall into. And then they that they get locked into that and that becomes their identity. That becomes who they are. So those are trap games. But I think, you know, there's teams that fall into trap games and then the Winnipeg Jets fall into that trap and they never want to leave it. Right. So what I need to see from the Winnipeg Jets in the next game is to get rid of that, get back to playing the right style of hockey, getting back to playing defensively, because that game that they played the other day or sorry, last night against the Chicago Blackhawks was a Chicago Blackhawks team that clearly doesn't care much about what happens so far or sorry, going forward. Uh, clearly weren't interested in playing a hard-nosed style of game. That was the furthest thing you could find from a playoff game at this time of year, I would think, especially involving a team that needs to win and needs to get to a playoff style. Jets need to put that one behind them and start playing a better brand of hockey because if they play like that going forward, they're never mind they're making the playoffs. Uh, if they did, they would not be ready for it playing that style of hockey, and I really don't think they'd get there playing that style of hockey. Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet and Kenny and Rennie's with us on WST. Hey, before we go, uh, we've got a great crew in here, as often happens. Now it's our second trade deadline show. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button for our channel. And you definitely should be doing it for Sean and Ken as well over at Kenny and Rennie. Um, and if you have been under a rock or something, um, the guys go at it every night after Winnipeg Jets hockey. And now, man, you and Ken have a pretty busy lineup for this week with three more home games beginning tomorrow night against Vegas. Fill people in on the, on the show and where they can find you guys, Sean. Yeah, just uh, check us out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Just search uh, Kenny and Rennie on YouTube. You'll find us there. And yeah, if you're there, click subscribe. Come check us out. Uh, we have a lot of the same conversations that uh, Huss does here. And Huss, every once in a while, will step in when I'm not there. <laughs> this is my camera guy who's got our wake up shirt. Wake We've got up, our own merch it. and everything. So uh, <laughs> yeah, come check us out. Uh, we should be fitting in a long form show on Thursday as well. So a really busy week. We have four more shows for the weekend uh so we're looking forward to it well you know what you let us know who's on thursday and we'll be sure to uh, send the crew over and we'll get out right at three o'clock so we they can join you guys at the uh, beginning of the program sean thanks so much i know it's a busy day hey just quickly i, I imagine that uh, you're going to be busy quite a bit later on today we'll see on uh um sportsnet and whatnot yeah tim and friends will be on there we'll have some reports and stuff like that for sportsnet so go check that out if you want a summary of the the trade deadline i think some interesting stuff is about to go down here so let's get at it appreciate it dude thanks so much thank you there it is sean reynolds uh kenny and rennie on youtube and of course sn sean reynolds on sport at sportsnet okay um i think we're gonna have maybe billick pop in in a couple minutes we do have the uh the clip i believe from craig button which i think everyone's quite interested to see um, we'll get Remo in here in just a second, but I do want to thank our friends over at Manitoba Battery for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. I got to tell you, I've had so much feedback from WST listeners that have popped in to Manitoba Battery, and um, I've just been so impressed with the pricing, the service, and the fact that they literally have batteries for everything. I mean, right now, if you do need a battery for your vehicle, uh, basically 100 bucks for most makes and models with Core Exchange. And they'll deliver it to you anywhere in town for 115 bucks same day if you order it by 1.30 p.m. If you're getting out on the ice for a little bit of uh, ice fishing before it's all gone, they've got the flasher batteries to keep you catching fish all winter. And of course, come boat season, ATV season, whatever you need a battery for, Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan, 783-8787, and online 
at manitobabattery.com. Um, our friends over at Royal Sports, well, listen, they've always been the best place to go for it. Jets gear and licensed merchandise. Um, I think there's a good chance we might have a few new jerseys to pick up. Maybe a few Appletons getting redone. We'll find out what's happening with Mason's number when he plays tomorrow for the Jets against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but they are the undisputed heavyweight champs of all things hockey and licensed merchandise, massive hockey department, snowboarding, fitness. And whether you're looking for Bomber Grey Cup merch, NFL, CFL, MLB, NBA, and of course, thousands of exclusive Winnipeg Jets pieces. They've got it all down at 750 Pembina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina for the latest merchandise drops and sales. And our friends at Princess Auto, holy smokes, these, <laughs> I'll get Remus in in just a second here, but the Princess Auto curling reports of the past week have made the free agent frenzy look pedestrian. Uh, and another huge, huge drop today in women's curling. Caitlin Laws, the longtime third Olympic gold medalist with Jennifer Jones, is now skipping her own team. And she's essentially taken over half of the Tracy Flurry rink with, uh, with uh, Selena Govin playing in third. Um, Jocelyn Peterman will be playing uh, second and Barb McClish will be the lead. So another top team in Canada, in Manitoba. Um, and of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of uh, everything going on in curling. Carrie and the girls two and two at the World Championships after a tough loss last night to Switzerland. And Princess Auto, in addition to being such a great sponsor of curling and the Bombers is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two local locations, and you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. All right, lots going on. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. And Remo, great chats with uh, Mike and with Ren. Um, do, you have any, uh, do you have any breaking news for us to uh, get us in as we uh, continue with the, uh, with the program? Yeah, I'm making sure I'm unmuted to announce all these trades. Uh, although we go. got a we got a YouTube comment the other day, Huss, that they like when I'm muted. Someone likes when I'm muted. It's the best part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get mad after. So uh, you need right. to you need to understand the sarcasm better. Although, yeah, <laughs> such an idiot. Uh, uh, we do. We actually do have a couple trades. Um, during the last conversations. I'll go through these. The Capitals acquire center Johan Larson from the Coyotes for a 2023 third-round pick. Here, let me... Here, well, thank you. We'll take the TSN trade tracker. This was a big one. Colorado acquired Andrew Cogliano for a 2024 fifth-round pick from the Sharks. So if you thought Colorado was a possible destination for Cop, I would say the door is closed there now that they've got Cogliano and Arturi Lekkonen. We do have... Huss, this is actually a big one. Nick Letty going to St. Louis along with Luke Witkowski from Detroit. Uh, Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundqvist, and the 2023 second round pick uh, going to Detroit. So Detroit is coming here, Huss. Um, April 6th, it's yes, Connor Hellebuck fishing bobblehead night. For the Hellebuck fishing bobblehead day. So uh, we all know Sundqvist, he hit Andrew Kopp last Saturday, gave him a concussion, or sorry, didn't give him a concussion, but he had to leave the game and then miss Put his name on a cake, public enemy number one. He needs to get booed out of the building, Oscar Sunkvist. Come on, we gotta. I feel like Montreal fans are have got got it up on the Jets fans when it turns to uh, comes to hating on on players when it comes to Mark Shifley. So 
Uh, I say give him give him a couple polite booing. The I, weird I, thing, the weird thing is that there's a very good chance that the victim on all of this, Andrew Cop, will be on th- another team by the time matter. that the Red Wings come in. It, Chris <laughs> Weidman wasn't on Montreal when uh, Mark Shively hit Jake Evans and they fought. So I think someone someone's got to step up and send a message, even if it's <laughs> different players, different teams. A message needs to be sent. That's an but, interesting deal, though, for St. Louis. And yeah. I mean, Sunkfist was playing in the bottom six. And, and we talked a lot about St. Louis and just how deep they were, 1-12. to 12, um, But obviously felt that they needed a little bit of help on the blue line. And Nick Letty's a guy, you know, between his time in, uh, in, uh, on the island and with Detroit has been a, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty productive defenseman. So um, he and Wachowski go to St. Louis. And Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundqvist, and a second-round pick go to Steve Eiserman's Munt, or Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. One other deal, and this is an interesting one, and I, I, anytime we talk about these players back in the 2015 draft with the Boston Bruins, everyone here in Winnipeg and probably Ottawa and New York Islanders have a good laugh because, of course, they famously um, picked at 13, 14, and 15 and somehow passed on Shabbat, Connor and Barzell with those three picks. But one of the three picks that um, were used, Zach Sinishin, is now a member of the Ottawa Senators. He and a fifth rounder go from Boston to the Sens in exchange for defenseman Josh Brown and a 2022 seventh round selection. Yeah, that, those picks are always uh, memorable. And um, so, yeah, Zach Sinishin didn't work out. And I remember at the time people being baffled by those picks. They did sign Jake DeBrus to the extension, but he still wants to get traded. So uh, I don't know what Ottawa's doing here. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they acquired uh, Travis Hamanick. They did do a sign um, former Jet Anton Forsberg in goal today. Yeah. Uh, he was here very briefly. He's played well with Ottawa. So I don't know. Ottawa is interesting. We'll see. Former think- Jet Anton Forsberg. The, the Forsberg era. What a, what a wild time that was last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he was wearing. Whose mask was he wearing when he came here? Was it Edmonton's? I don't, I don't remember. It he was, never even got a chance he, he to get Jets equipment, he, I don't think. Like, he didn't, he didn't play in a game. I think he practiced. Uh, we are seeing some other tweets. Someone says I should use, uh, I shouldn't use TSN, um, their tracker. I'm, we're on their I'm fine tracker. With that. I mean, look, we know who has the number one trade show in Canada. And we're not going to, I'm not going to go away from that. Uh, someone, I see some other stuff going on in chat. No, no fake rumors in chat, guys. I'm going to have to uh, throw some people over the top rope. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not do that. That that's a disaster for us. We we, uh, we sort of lean on it. Hey, Emily Kaplan reporting. Yeah, I'm using the ESPN uh, trade tracker right now. Figure that keeps me a bit better. Anyways, Ducks are shopping offers on Ricard Raquel right now. Yeah, can report Boston and Vegas are in advanced talks. Believe the Rangers were involved at one point. Not sure if they are still in it. But um, the fact of the matter is, we are 18 minutes away from the deadline. Mm-hmm. We have not still heard anything on Andrew Kopp being traded from the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, here, this is I, here. This is the official countdown timer. There we go, 16, 48, 47. I'm going to ask for a count. <laughs> every, every show, I saw a daily face-off had like a countdown timer. They got the insider cam. I don't know, we got... Uh, but this Google, I just Googled a, a quick countdown timer. So, yeah, I, I their count, Chevy seems to always go down to the wire. I remember last year, uh, I think it was right around two. We're like, okay, the Jets are going to do something. And we're all waiting to hear what it was. And 
It was Jordy Ben. So I do have the um I do have the the bell that's gonna come in or the uh, goal horn if there is a Andrew Cop deal. Okay, if there is a big trade. It was the Zach Sanford trade too. You already talked about that with Rennie. Yeah, we did. Fifth rounder for Zach Sanford. Zach Sanford doesn't have a contract for next season. Maybe a bit of an audition for him to uh, play with the Winnipeg Jets. Hopefully help him win some games down this stretch. Um, Now, I'm not sure what the story with Billick is, but I do know there's a lot of people that are uh, quite excited to hear what uh, what Craig Button had to say, Remus, if you've got that I have the Button clip. So at first, I I only listened to the second part of the clip, and I was like, oh, this isn't isn't that bad. He just said... He didn't realize him. He just said he needed better coaching. Okay, well, here, here's the whole clip, and then we can, we can discuss after. I'll tweet it out because everyone seems to be talking about, about this one. And Billick said he wasn't exactly sure. But, okay. Uh, when, so we'll, we'll wait and see, but one sec. Oh, one sec. Craig Button, how, why things have not gone as expected and as we projected. Coaching. It's been average coaching. Paul Maurice stepped down. He felt that there was more in the team. He felt he couldn't get out of it. Now Dave Lowry is coaching. Now, this isn't about so much the people as much as it is about the systems they employ. It's specifically defensively. They're terrible in front of their net. They get pushed out of position. They give up lots of inner slot shots, lots of plays off the cycle. They create a lot of their own problems. That's coaching. And I would look at this team and we look at them on paper. I think it's a really good team on paper. Are they any different than where the Calgary Flames were last year? Daryl Sutter comes in and he's changes some significant things and says, this is the way we're going to play. I don't think that they understand what will give them success. And until that improves, the team won't improve. And either that's with the current coaching staff or Kevin Shoveldayoff has to look at a different coaching setup. But right now, that team, and I've watched them lots, the problems are they got average coaching. Mason Appleton isn't going to fix the way they play in their defensive zone. Mason Appleton isn't going to fix the mistakes that happen continuously throughout games. You heard Sarah talk about it earlier. She said through stretches of games, they're so good. And then they make the same mistakes time and time and time again. So when it's all the same players making all the same mistakes, there's only one place to look, and that's behind the bench. And you can you can sugarcoat it. You can look around. they got a coaching challenge. Just like Calgary did last year. We were talking the same way about the Calgary Flames last year. That's where the Winnipeg Jets find themselves. Yeah. All right. Well, there is TSN's director scouting Craig Button with a bit of a scud to the uh, coaching staff of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, hey, there's a lot of truth in what he said. I don't think there's much doubt about it. I mean, you can see the Jets get uh, just completely discombobulated at times. And I mean, it is so frustrating because at times they can look like world beaters and other times like they have no idea what they're doing. And I mean, uh, I love to say that I'm, uh, you know, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, learned in the game as many of the coaches. But I mean, your eyes tell you a certain story. And I mean, like, Remo, I mean, the game on Sunday. And this is one of those things where, you know, sometimes I'll say, yeah, well, maybe the, the setup is one thing, but also the way that the players handle it who've been in the system for a long time. Um, you know, the puck management has just been atrocious at times. And on Sunday, I mean, it was, um, I mean, that's a big reason why Connor Hellebuck's had the opportunity to win a Vesna and be the goaltender that he turned out to be because of what the Jets have been given up. And at times, just how um, poor, um, you know, the just the simple things have been for the Winnipeg Jets. But um, that reminded me a lot of... Uh, 
Button talking about Paul Maurice, and I want to say 2016, 2017, when things weren't going well, and then you know things did turn around into the 2017-18 season with that nice run to the conference finals. But um, there's no doubt that there is a lot of um, questions being asked about you know the future of the Winnipeg Jets, and um, you know we can talk about Dave Lowry, who kind of came in mid-season, and I'm not sure if you can completely you know being on that staff completely change all the systems, but tell you what if I'm Charlie Huddy right now um you know and maybe some of the assistants I mean you're, they're probably in your least comfortable point um in the 11 years that the Winnipeg Jets have been here because um there's not that sort of job security very often in pro sports and if you have a disappointing season uh they cannot do it oh okay we see Darren Drager all indications are Andrew Kopp is headed to the New York Rangers Rangers may also be working on Tyler Mott Reem. So um, you know, certainly, I mean, I think there's a number of players in these co- in the cop discussions that um, you know, are sort of out because they don't have the capital, at least by draft picks. I mean, I know I do think, to be honest, I mean, the Jets would far rather take a more proven prospect or player that comes in under team control than maybe picks that they can use down the road, um, or as capital in other deals, maybe in the offseason. Um, but it certainly does sound like Andrew Kopp uh, going to the Rangers because Boston, Colorado, some of the other teams that have been prominently mentioned in Andrew Kopp have already spent a lot of their capital to acquire other players. Yeah, and I see, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, so uh, let me just see if I can bring it up. So I agree. I mean, Colorado seemed out. Uh, Florida, I mean, they gave away all their stuff already. They did Boston, traded everything for Lindholm. So Darren Drager sent cop to the Rangers. We'll wait and see what they're getting back. This is a, a very busy uh, deal day for the Jets. I think last year was extremely quiet, only getting Jordy Bent. This year, you had the Appleton acquisition. Um, you know, Zach Sanford, Bullyu, Nathan Smith, Brian Little. A lot of names involved. I'm shocked at how how busy this is, but I guess that's that's trade deadline day. So I'm trying to uh, just stay up to date. As Billick says, trade is in place. Andrew Cop. The Rangers. I think Billick accidentally texted me. Um, the deal? I no, I think he he sent me an accidental text. I don't think he was texting with a source about about the deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you know what? We've been waiting for a Billick bomb. I think Billick bomb. You know, Billick and Jay Bell. You know, heads up. Yeah. Like, shout out to those guys. I mean, Jay Bell with the news of uh, Mason Appleton's return last night. Um, and and Billick has been. You know, putting out some feelers that, you know, he's All been right. working some sources Here. and uh, we've got it. But I know Dave Pagnotta also saying that Andrew Kopp is going to the Rangers. The deal is agreed upon. Here. We are just waiting for the return. This is my timeline right now for everyone in chat. David Pagnotta, Kopp going to the Rangers. Billick, Kopp going to the Rangers. Cervelli, Kopp going to the Rangers. First report, Jagger. There's Jay Bell. Jets on the verge of trading Kopp to the Rangers. So uh, we'll wait and see what it is. I'm very curious. I have no idea. I can't evaluate it, but uh, I mean, not a surprise. The Jets' playoff hopes very slim. I guess they're trading a fifth for Sanford as you know some insurance. It does help the bottom. You know, maybe they're the outside chance, so they're not totally giving up. But I mean, you, if you can get you know a couple seconds here for Andrew Cop, go ahead. Well, we'll see. I mean, hey, there's not yeah. to say that there couldn't be a player coming back in. I mean, we're going to need to see what the yeah. return is. But it does sound like Andrew Cop's time in Winnipeg is done, and. Uh, He'll be hooking up with his old buddy, Jacob Truba in New York. And Kurt Overhart can go and see both of his clients with one stop to MSG when he sees them play. And speaking of the Rangers, 
the 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 real insider, the number one insider in hockey, and I think we all know who that is right now, Reem. That's Mr. Kevin Weeks. Oh, because Kevin. Kevin Weeks's videos are the best when he does, hey, what's up, NHL fans? We've got some breaking <laughs> news. The New York Rangers have traded Anthony Batetto to the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. So uh, Anthony Batetto apparently is going on. But my favorite thing about this trade deadline has been Kevin Weeks's videos. And now you've seen people have kind of been now photoshopping him on every sort of background everywhere because every one of his is different. Uh, but he's been having some fun and uh, a great addition to the insider community here at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I don't really. Um, I mean, I've seen his face in the thumbnail, but I don't really watch the videos because he puts the trade. Oh, you got to watch them. in the tweet. They're great. He, the They're trade great. is in the tweet. Why do I need to watch the video? You know what? No. Listen, you're, 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 just, you're just one of these ADD millennials. You know, you need to be able to. <laughs> you're probably to... right. Yeah, I am right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Why I do this too. Every time a team releases a jersey, Hess, they put out this elaborate video zooming in on parts of the jersey, showing the collar, showing the sleeves, showing the striping. I don't care. I just fast forward to the end. I I just want to see the jersey. I don't I don't need to see this elaborate video. Just post the damn jersey. Don't don't show me a video. So, uh, that but so yeah, the Kevin Weeks trade. I'm like he pu puts the trade in the text. Why don't I need to watch a video? Well, That's... he doesn't put it all in it. And and as I said, the the videos are very very endearing. I mean, you just feel like you're sort of hanging out with your buddy Weeksy, who's dropping some insider knowledge on you right now. So um. Anyways, I've gotten a great, great kick out of Kevin Weeks's um, videos so far, and the I best thing that's happened to hockey Twitter is the photoshops of Kevin Weeks breaking news um, that are now everywhere. In with have there have there been any good fake tweets? Has anyone gotten got mm. by uh, by so, any like okay. is Mister Booth up to his old so tricks or we, anyone like we that? We do have a Mister Booth update. Maddie Lang in chat wrote that he wrote that Mister Booth. Oh yeah, here it is. Mr. Booth got suspended today on Twitter. So no. Maddie Lang wrote this in chat. He changed his name to Darren Dreger and started writing fake trades. And um and he got suspended. So Mr. Booth, he's he's busted a lot of people with fake trades. Um and yeah, he got taken down today. I guess Twitter, I guess TSN, you know, and Darren Dreger said, Okay, this guy's impersonating me. He's I don't know. I, I'm into Mr. Booth. Doing fake trades, I think it's funny, but obviously not everyone has shares that take. No, no, for sure. I'm sure the insiders don't, but it is always funny to see people get. That's why the blue check marks are there, folks. I mean, it's sort of on you. Um, I know there was a there was an account yesterday, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it's uh, the E and the A were swapped, and mm -hmm. they put out a very professional looking Mark Giordano trade that it was like Mark Giordano for Dermot and a fifth, and like. Zeiss got got and a bunch of other guys <laughs> did and then they're like oh man that's yeah. on me they, they, they really beat themselves up after that they, they probably felt after retweeting that tweet like you do after like the fourth mute of a tough show then you need need to take a lap afterward that that was Zeiss and the gang I should start videoing myself like doing a lap around my block after a mute <laughs> should should have some kind of punishment uh punishments here we are still waiting on this, uh, the Andrew Cops. He's someone tweeting, like, are, are we cheering for the Rangers now in the playoffs? Is that our East team? They got Truba and Cop. Like, are you jumping on there? Mm, well, you know what? I've, I've never really liked the Rangers very much. 
but they're actually a pretty likable team. I mean, I Panarin's a wizard. Chris Kreider's an absolute horse. I think he's a great player. I mean, I don't hate, like, I'm not one of these haters of Jacob Truba. I mean, listen, the way it all went down was a little lame, but I mean, I, I'm over that, and I think the Jets got a pretty nice return in the deal, considering what he and his agent sort of forced the Jets into the corner to, uh, to do. I think they made the best of it. Um, and I'll tell you what, I really do hope for the best for Andrew Kopp. I mean, he is a guy that, um, you know, it's interesting. I remember Kopp coming here, what was it, 2014? I guess it was 2015, Reem. And we weren't sure whether he was going to play in that final game of the season because the Jets were making a push to play in the playoffs for the first time. And then, of course, the way things worked out, the Jets ended up clinching in game 81. And a whole bunch of players got the night off and Andrew Kopp got, him, got to make his NHL debut in that final game of the regular season against the Calgary Flames. But it's funny. And if I'm not mistaken, Kopp has never spent one day in the American Hockey League, did he? And that was quite different than most of the other players that come to the Winnipeg Jets. I just want to make sure. Oh, no, he did play eight games with the Moose in 16-17. I'm not sure whether that was a um, recuperatory, uh, some, you know, maybe some sort of an injury thing, but essentially, you know, played a full season in the National Hockey League before ever spending any time in the American League and, you know, just did play those, uh, those, those eight games. But going to finish up with, you know, 467 games for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, that is a lot. I mean, if we go to, you know, team leaders, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that, you know, get to 500. And, uh, you know, he was basically a mainstay from 2015 until today. So, um, you know, that's a guy that's going to leave. I know the Rangers have already been here. I'm not sure whether he'll be back, and we'll see where he is next season. Um, but I'll tell you what, for uh, a guy... That was a fourth round pick in the 2013 entry draft. Um, that was pretty damn good value by uh, the uh, by the Jets. Great scouting and uh, a guy that has really grown into a player. And you know, certainly we'll wait to hear what the return on this deal is. But a guy that you know definitely made the most of uh, every opportunity here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I'm just looking uh, at cops stats of all time. So. Uh, I guess the Andrew. Will they have a farewell video ready for a cop? I'm trying to think of like great. What, like play it at the airport as he's leaving or well they traded brian little's contract today and they could so, probably so they oh, could on post social the, media yeah. yes you're so right jets, you're right it's the jets the official farewell video they had him for nate bull you the man the little video got me i was like in tears uh, showing some of his goals i he had this huge slap shot goal from the top of the circle against the ducks in the playoffs um 2014 which was absolute elite elite slap shot but andrew cop you know the four goal game Remember his candid comments, um, you know, notably Friday about the lawn chairs. That was a guy Dude. who knew he was getting traded. And um, <laughs> and uh, even after him mean, talking about going to arbitration uh, against the Jets. So um, I'm just a big Andrew Kopp guy again, played is a hard guy to replace. I mean, there were some games where he led the team in ice time. Now that could be a coaching issue or that could just be showing how versatile he was. I mean, depending well, yeah, on special I mean, teams, well, he listen, played. It yeah, how many penalties were in the game? I mean, because, you know, the yeah. guy's playing a regular shift. He was playing on the power play. He was a mainstay on the penalty kill for a long time and certainly liked the improvements to the penalty kill after he came over. And Rob Mahoney, Rob, I don't know if I'm reading this question right. 400-plus games because Marie's horrible evaluator of playing ability. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a number of people that are horrible. I mean, he's about to get, well, potentially two second-round picks 
it was an expiring contract. So I'm not sure if I, uh, well, I'm not down with that take. I, I really liked Andrew Kopp. I thought it was a very important player for the Winnipeg Jets, but I totally understand why they're dealing them right now in the situation that they're in. And uh, Remo, it'll be interesting to hear from Kevin Sheveldayoff later on today to speak about, you know, what they were able to do, the return for Kopp, but also at the same time, bringing Mason Appleton back on a, you know, with an expiring contract, but as an RFA. And then, you know, Zach Sanford, who, you know, I guess gets a somewhat of a chance to uh, audition, if you will, for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, what yeah. is that? I don't know what's going on here. I'm trying to figure figure out this. Kevin Weeks just posted a video announcing a Kokaniemi contract. Um, I guess it is. Oh, that's the that's the timer. Has two o'clock. This is oh, the trade. This is the actual deadline. This is the deadline. This <laughs> hey, is it. Hey, can you turn it off? Because that's super annoying. Is that me? Oh, oh, sorry. You can't hear that. Sorry. <laughs> this is the timer that everyone's hearing. <laughs> I, I can hear it. I'm, I'm yeah, hearing it. I, I had him muted on the stream, but yeah, two o'clock, two o'clock, time's off. Okay, I'll, t I'll close that. No one needs to hear that. Okay, so let's just do, we'll, we'll kind of go freestyle here. And by the way, shout out to everyone with us. You see, I've got, well, over 600 people yeah. in, the, in the chat room. If you are new here, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're here every day. We started a bit early today. It's a big day for trade deadline. 1 p.m. Central to 3 uh, you, it's always available in your podcast feed or about 3.30. So go to Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe there. But do us a favor, hit that red subscribe button. It's always more fun if you're joining us on YouTube. We've got a great crew here daily uh, in the chat room and um, you know hitting everything when it comes to the sports world. But with our main focus on the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, our local teams, and everything that's going on right now. So I'm just taking a look over to uh, the boys on our our friends from our former network, 20 trades, 27 players, and 11 picks so far. The, uh, the high was 2020 when there were 32 trades. And Remo, if I'm not mistaken, the, that was that crazy year. There were all those trades made, and that wasn't that like a week before the pandemic started that the season basically shut down? 2020? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I don't, I kind of blacked that year out of my mind, Huss. I don't remember, I don't remember a lot about that. Well, I'm just saying if they got to the trade deadline, because oh. you remember everything shut down and then it yeah. was a couple months and they ended up just picking it up and doing the playoffs in the, in the uh, off season. But there were all those big moves and uh, man, everyone knows that knows <laughs> how that, uh, how that all ended up. So, um. We've got some deals. Andrew Kopp sounds like he's on the way, still waiting for clarity on what the return is from the New York Rangers to the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but the Jets did trade a fifth-round pick to the Sens for Zach Sanford, and they traded late last night a fourth-rounder to the Seattle Kraken to get the red-headed cheesehead, Mason Appleton, back in Winnipeg, um, where he played the majority of his career, with the exception of this year with the expansion Seattle crack and I imagine we'll hear from Mason later on today or probably tomorrow morning after the morning skate and um, you'd expect both of those players would be here ready to go for tomorrow Reem and certainly with Andrew Cott moving out you know and what was he making three and a half or so I mean 900 for Appleton two million for Sanford um, you know they will also have the bodies to be able to send um, any players that they want to be on that Moose Clear Day roster down to the American Hockey League today. 
Yeah, someone, please don't post fake stuff in trade. We haven't seen the return on it, but uh, Scott Billick just tweeted, actually, Huss, um, here it is. Sounds like Paul Stasny will remain in Winnipeg. So not exactly a breaking news, but, I mean, we are past 2 o'clock. His name, I haven't heard, again, haven't heard his yeah. name mentioned mentioned once, though. So we are awaiting the Andrew Cobb. And as far as the Jets moves, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about Nathan Smith, and I, I just want to say my take again. I mean, people are like, well, why didn't he want to be in Winnipeg? I was like, well, everyone out here gets to choose their employer. You get to choose who you work for. If you're, you know, a college player and you're, you know, reaching your four years, wouldn't you also want to have full say on where you work? So um, you probably want to talk to other teams, see what they had or didn't like the whatever reason. I mean, that's just the way the system is. And I think that's probably baked into, you know, when you draft college players, they might go later because there is the possibility you may not sign them. So they got a fourth, you know, they get rid of the little stuff. Um, I mean, I don't, I think Brandon tweeted this early and I fully agreed with him. He was like, where was it? Uh, I'll pull it up here. Brandon Ruicky, not trying to get the angst about Smith not wanting to sign. Jets have been good at retaining college picks in the past, but every team loses a guy. Minnie just lost McBain. There was Adam Fox. Uh, Jimmy VC as well. Um, so I think this it is happened. the first one. This is, yeah. So, I mean, they signed what? Hellbuck and Kyle Connor, who's second star of the week, 39 goals. Um, so yeah. I, I don't. It's rare. It's rare instances. I mean, there's not too many guys that go and do the four years. Yeah. I mean, like, if you do four years, you're like, you know, the top, top players are like, they want to get in there. They want to get the clock ticking on their contracts. And, you know, this guy was a bit of a late bloomer. Jets, to their credit, made the pick. And a bit, but here's my take on all this, Reem, is that the Coyotes are now going to be the team to get U.S. NCAA players because they're basically going from one college hockey rink to another. It's essentially just like switching schools going to play for the Arizona Coyotes next year when they're playing in front of 4,800 people at ASU in, uh, in Tempe or whatever. So sort of tongue-in-cheek on that. But, um, I mean, bottom line is, for players like that, and I think Mike made a good point, I mean, you know, you'd, if you have the opportunity to choose where you go, if you wait out to a particular a, a period of time, um, you know, listen, if you're a center and you're looking at the guys that are up on the depth chart here, and then you look at Arizona, which has like five guys signed for next season, and you want to play in the National Hockey League, even if it is going to be in a bit of a joke situation, you'll be in the NHL, you'll be getting paid NHL money, you'll be establishing yourself as an NHL player. I mean, I think there was a lot of things conspiring, but I mean, if this was, if this was something that was happening every year, Absolutely, I'd be concerned. But, you know, like uh, Brandon said, it's happened to a bunch of other teams. And, uh, you know, credit to the Jets for identifying the fact that this wasn't going to happen, making the most of it, and, um, you know, being somewhat creative in a deal that uh, both gets them a pick as well as, um, you know, they won't be dealing with the same sort of cap crunch that they were this year with the Brian Little LTIR, uh, RTR, yeah. LTIR money. A couple trades hap trickling in here after the deadline. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting Ricard Raquel from the Ducks to Pittsburgh. So that'll be uh, some four. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess he'd go on the second line with Malkin and Carter. I think he would slot in. And then you have Crosby, Rest, Gensel. Um, Phil Kessel not, did not get traded. Uh, there was some speculation there. Um, I'm trying to see anything about Cop. I'm seeing a lot of people speculating about Cop, but I haven't seen anything anything official 
Yeah, no, no nothing, not, nothing on the trade board. So we'll we'll wait to see. I think this next half hour, forty five minutes, like up until about three o'clock, we're gonna be beginning to hear, um, you know, more deals that you know, just okay, five minutes. Let's just get this done. I think the Tyler Mott deal to the Rangers is very similar. Uh, we're seeing that Mott is on his way from Vancouver to New York for a fourth round pick. I'm sure they would have liked to have gotten more for Mott than a fourth rounder, but clock's ticking. You know, you take what you can get, and that's exactly what happens. So still <laughs> yeah. waiting to hear on what the return is for uh, for Andrew Kopp, as that is, of course, of the, uh, of the most interest to Winnipeg Jet fans uh, here today. Yeah, Mark A in chat says no love for Evan Rodriguez. I, mean, I like Evan Rodriguez. I had him in fantasy, but I think uh, he might be the odd man out there um, in terms of getting bumped down the lineup with, uh, with Ricard Raquel. So uh, we are waiting. Yeah, waiting on this cop deal. I'll throw up the. Uh, I'll bring up the trade tracker. Give me one sec. Flurry of deals coming in as we hit the two o'clock mark. The thing went off. The time we did have the timer. Yeah, we did have that timer. I was wondering what the heck that thing was. I thought maybe you had a smoke alarm going off in your place or something like that. No, but, uh, no. <laughs> but that was the case. Let's see if the ESPN folks have an update on. Here, here check. Here. Yeah, we got Kessel for a prospect and a pick. That's what it has. Tyler Mott. So that's where. Yeah, and Anthony Batetto, uh What to the Sharks from the Rangers? Those are Tony those are all B. Them. Tony B. Big fan of Tony B. I don't know if I, how much he's played uh, this year. I don't think a ton, but um, oh, the Hamburglar is on the move. Oh yeah, from Montreal to the New Jersey Devils. The Devils get Andrew Hammond. The Canadian gets the Canadians get forward Nate Schnarr. All right. Uh, and oh, and Nick Merkley was actually the guy going the other way in the uh, Batetto hmm. deal. Okay, here's another one: the Oilers acquiring Derek Brassard from the Flyers. I guess so. They've got Kulak and Brassard now. I guess. I remember a couple of years ago, Broussard was the big guy the year they acquired Paul Stasny. And, uh, you know, who got him? Pittsburgh got him. Or was it Vegas and Pittsburgh were conspiring to keep the Jets from getting him? Either way, he's uh, on his way to Edmonton. This is an interesting Aaron Portsline reporting. Hearing talk that Max Domi could be on the move. That's from two minutes ago. And LeBron adds, hearing that Carolina made a late push for Max Domi at the deadline. Not sure if they got the deal done or under the wire. And... I mean, I like to mention that one, Hus, because Seattle, who's been dealing everyone who they picked in the expansion, or not everyone, but Giordano, who else? Yarn Crow, Appleton. They could have had Max Domi for nothing, and they picked Gavin Bayreuther. And I, I'm very curious what Max <laughs> Domi is going gonna, is gonna to fetch. The Seattle, I think they really bungled the expansion draft. Uh, Seattle, um, you know, they picked, a, they had a bunch of pick players you never heard of. Um, you know, they didn't pick. Price or Tarasenko, I, I don't know. I, feel, I don't know what they were doing. They didn't make any trades, and now they're trading everyone. Now they're, they're kind of rebuilding. Oh, yeah, they signed Grubauer, and it didn't work out uh, early on. And what, they signed Eberle and Larson. So I don't know if they needed to do all that, but we, we will wait, wait and see. Well, you know what? And, and so uh, uh, the top five available, you know, on many people's boards, the, the trade bait board, I'm just looking at the ESPN one, was Jacob Chikrin. And I never thought Chikrin was going anywhere unless, uh, I mean, apparently the package was asking for like three first round picks and more. I mean, very talented young defenseman signed for three more seasons at $4.6 million. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very attractive player for obvious reasons. But I mean, the cost was just so big. Marc-Andre Fleury from the Blackhawks, who, let's face it, didn't look great. 
you imagine if Kyle Connor had smoked his hand with that puck? Man, there's, the goal. there's a there's a couple um <laughs> They've plays got a conditional actually. first round pick for there's Mark Andre Fleury yeah. for the wild. I'm actually surprised about that deal. I thought, you know, they were all in on Max Talbot, not Max Talbot, Cam Talbot. And he was their guy. I mean, he's been pretty well, but I guess if you have a chance to get Mark Andre Fleury, the reigning Vesna trophy winner and you know, former Stanley Cup champion, Stanley Cup finalist, then I guess you do that. And he has been very good. And it's kind of sad how you know, Vegas is just struggling. He was Mr. Vegas, and I think it's pretty clear Vegas made the wrong, the wrong pick going with Laner instead of Flurry Laner's battling health issues like everyone uh, seemingly on Vegas. There were a couple of notes us from, the, uh, from the Jets a weekend we didn't even touch on because we were just touching on the trade stuff. Um, let me see. The, we uh, will just, I'm just looking at here okay. in NHL Jets Nation putting this out. Andrew Kopp is on Sportsnet and said, when I signed here in Winnipeg last year, I was expecting one more deep run in the playoffs, but plans always change. And I think that's the exact place that Kevin Sheveldayoff was in today, did not want to trade Andrew Kopp. The plan was never to trade Andrew Kopp. And like, I think, I don't know how many times I said at the beginning of the season, Reem, if we are here on trade deadline day talking about Andrew Kopp being traded, then that means this season has gone, has been incredibly disappointing as opposed to what the expectations were. And Unfortunately, that is exactly where we're at right now. I mean, no one, uh, no one saw this team being out of the playoff line come the deadline. Um, but you know, when you are in that play, you have to make decisions in the best interest of the team. And um, it sounds like Kevin Cheveldayoff has done exactly that when it comes to Andrew Cobb, a very valuable member of this club for the last seven seasons. Yeah, I was a big cop guy. Again, he played all four positions. He played all special teams. Um, he was on some, you know, the twenty eighteen conference final team the team the next year uh you know big fan of, of what he brought uh you know on the ice very versatile but off the ice an honest player and i'm looking forward to seeing him in in rangers sweater along with jacob truba um so you know if you're looking for a team to cheer for you got a couple former jets there um chris johnston says that max domi heading to carolina under the 2 p.m wire and yeah that Kotkaniemi contract. I'm getting the alert from the TSN app. Or it was before. Oh no, it's the score app. Uh, yeah, eight year deal, 4.82 million AAV for Yesberry Kotkaniemi. I believe that was Kevin Weeks' first to report. See, has he puts out these videos. Love them. The video is seven, six seconds long. I can just read it. I don't need to watch the video for him to say so what's in the tweet. So much better. So much better. So, I mean, it's the whole reason why people like like video now. I mean, I guess that's why we're it. here they doing hear this. It. It, exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't be dumping exactly. on video, but like in terms of Twitter, I guess you get more engagement if you put it as a video as well. It pushes it in the algorithm. I feel I like I have been hanging out with Kevin Weeks for the last twenty four hours. It's more. I mean, just checking in with him. It's the absolutely. He to me, he is the new insider. He is the insider now. Kevin Weeks. When I. I want to I want to go to some I would way rather hear something broken by Kevin Weeks than anybody else because of the wonderful personable way that Kevin drops these trades. Hey yeah. quickly on Domi. Um you know 53 games this year just nine goals had nine goals last year in 54 games. Um you know just wasn't really this has not ever turned into the guy with the exception of that 28 goal season in 1819 for the Habs 72 points. It's sort of been south since then. 17-27 for 44, and then just these two nine-goal seasons in Columbus. 
Um, but it's interesting that he's going to uh, Carolina Ream and that Carolina has been very, very quiet. I mean, that has been the one team that we have not heard very much, uh, very much from over the course of, um, you know, the last few days, while so many other teams in the East have really uh, loaded up with some pretty aggressive moves. I agree. Carolina has been, but I think their team is solid. They've kind of done all their stuff. I mean, they did the Kotkaniemi move in the offseason, although he hasn't like had a huge impact with them, but I think they feel like they're solid. They're ready to go. They got the goaltending uh, fixed up last year. So I like, uh, I like Carolina. I do see some comments in chat, and I want to address this as well. Someone's like, you know, when you had an Evander Kane jersey and he got traded, people left, you know, put tape on it or took the name off, bar off, switched it to cop. What are people going to do with the cop jerseys? And I saw another person say, well, I have to retire my cop heritage classic jersey now. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm all for traded player jerseys. Who cares that they're traded? A jersey, a snapshot in time of when that player played on that team. I don't think it matters that he doesn't play on the Jets anymore. If you have a cop jersey, he was a great player, or he was a you know. Was oh yeah, the very cop good player, was fine. Very good. So many contributor. people just yeah. couldn't stand Evander Kane. No, I mean, I get, I get that, Kane. That was that was yeah. the the whole thing. And Winnipeggers are somewhat a little frugal and wouldn't mind switching up a thing to make it fresh and and make mm -hmm. it look like it's new and not a recycled Kane jersey into a cop. No, but I it get was that. perfect. Cop had the four letter name, so did Kane. I mean, it was just so easy to get a new name bar if you were able to do it. No, I agree with changing Kane because, you know, he's got all the off-ice stuff going on and maybe you don't want to be associated with that. But as far as just any old traded player, like, who really care? Like, some people are very hung up on having a jersey of a player who actually currently plays on the team. My response to that is who cares? I think it's better when they don't play. When they don't play. I only want uh, one traded player jerseys. I've got, I get the most comments for my game-worn Adam Party jersey. Now, yes. okay, speaking of Adam Party, <laughs> I think you know where I'm going with this. The one thing we have not spoken about from last night's game. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, okay, we haven't talked about is this at the, all. Like, and I'm thinking about this. In the history of Jets 2.0, the most ridiculous incident with the Jets on the road with fans is without a doubt the helmet party incident. I mean, that's all-time NHL legend. The glass going out, the guy taking his helmet off, the drunk lady pouring the beer on his head. I mean, that is an all-timer. But yesterday, this couple of the Jets fan dude and the Blackhawks fan girl that they'd shown a number of times beginning, you know, booting with the anthem. After the Jets scored, for him to cup a fart and to blow it into her face is, I mean... Dude, I laughed for half an hour. I, you, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is right up our alley. <laughs> I, I, this is this, an insane I move. need to know more. I need to know more. Like, I, are they, is this a couple that's in a relationship that is just so strong? They've been together for a long time, and this guy can get away with that? Or is this... Um, some sort of a prank like i have so many questions about this but man the the timing of it and you know what's funny <laughs> as you keep showing it they even showed it on the highlights last night like if you watch sports center they kept it in they didn't really talk about it but they did keep it in and uh it was yeah <laughs> i'm just looking that didn't say it most epic clear ever he's my hero i'm still rolling on the floor chats exploding. i did that too 
I, I just, yeah. <laughs> Sign of love. Get this man on the show. All time low. Because you remember doing that? No, I've never done that personally, especially on TV at the game. But you've um, never done that to a friend? Um, you've never not, no, not your certainly girlfriend. not on a date. You never done it on a date at a hockey game? Although you know what, it is funny. Not that we're gonna gonna take this to a very very crass place, but I didn't know that it, there was such thing as a Dutch oven, like an actual oh, Dutch it, oven. And it, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it, it was just an act that you do to another person. I didn't know that there. I saw somebody on Twitter going, "Oh, I was making all these little pastries in my Dutch oven." I'm like, "What? <laughs> There's actually a Dutch oven?" Oh. Anyways, yeah. that's 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 beside it. That that event. If you have any information about that individual, get it to us here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. We uh we need more detective work on exactly and and how like can you th imagine this? Both of their phones afterwards. I mean, her, the victim, the Hawks fan in this, at a home game, being violated like that by the guy that she was with. Anyways, that, that we'll be talking about that one for ages, right up there with the helmet party incident. And ironically, both were in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I don't know what it is about that city or that building, but weird things happen when the Jets go to Chicago. Someone, I, I think he might have outed himself on Reddit, but I'm going to, before I see stuff in chat about like trades, um, I'd like to confirm it first. And I've seen a lot of fake trades going on, but we are still, we're basically just waiting on Andrew Cop right now, but we had to get to some of the stuff uh, from the weekend. So Drager, well. six seconds ago, still yeah. working on Cop to Rangers return for Winnipeg. Sounds like X and a prospect. So there you go. Picks. I would I would imagine it's probably two second rounders. I mean, I think the Jets were hoping to hold out for a first rounder if they could get it. I never thought that that would be there, especially with the picks that had already been spent. Um, so maybe they ended up getting them to throw in another pick or a prospect at the end for a player that uh, that they liked. Yeah. So I will wait and see. So I wonder if it's a guy who can step in this year or next year with the Moose. We'll wait and see about uh about that Ooh, apparently dubas had a little shade for kyle davidson the gm of the blackhawks this is from scott wheeler surprise dubas's jab at rookie blackhawks gm kyle davidson reflurry leaks isn't getting more play on this app came right out and said he's never had that happen like that and directed reporters to ask davidson dubas has been low-key feisty um oh here's another ad and i love this ad for the calgary flames Ryan Carpenter is going from the Blackhawks to the Flames in exchange for a 2024 fifth rounder. Um, like Carpenter, nice depth player. And Remus, to me, he seems like just a perfect Daryl Sutter guy. Um, if Calgary does need spots in their bottom six, Carpenter's a guy that I think will fit in perfectly in that Sutter system. Yeah, I'm really interested on what's happening with um, Calgary this year. And you heard Craig Button in the famous TSN clip from earlier today where he called out the uh, the coaching. I do w wonder if uh, the Jets could do a return, but if, you know, full credit to Daryl Sutter. He seems to know the type of players they want, and I like what Calgary's done. They went out and got Tyler Toffoli like a month ago. So that was their big get, but then they've kind of bolstered it with, um, who you said, Kelly Yarncroak, though I thought that was a lot. Yarncroak and then Ryan Carpenter, and then Ryan Carpenter. just now right at, the, uh, right at the deadline. So... We are we are waiting. Let's see, to I'm just gonna run down free. So it's free. Calgary Ryan 
Carpenters, the deadline hit. Yeah, Max Domi to Carolina for Aiden Hreschuk, who was taken 94th in the last draft. So again, that's just getting something for it. It'll be interesting to compare like the return of Max Domi compared to what uh, Andrew Kopp eventually, uh, eventually gets. So um, Ricard Raquel, I believe, is a second round pick and a player waiting to waiting to hear. Interesting. Oh, and that second rounder that Colorado gave to Montreal for Lekkonen did include Montreal retaining 50% hmm. of that deal. So that's a, that's another thing that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about. And again, I don't have the numbers in front of me as to what the Jets even have the ability to do or where the Rangers cap is. Um, but, you know, you do certainly do have to pay a premium if you want a team to uh, be eating up some of that salary, even if it's just for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. And salary cap, very valuable. That's why we saw Arizona's cap space on the trade bait board and we laughed at it. But they did use up that cap space in acquiring Brian Little's, Brian Little's contract. Okay, so here is the, um, here's an update on the guy who farted. And it was Hannon, but in his girlfriend's face after the Jets. Cupcake, I think they called it. Is that a cupcake? Is that what it's called? That, well, that's what a number of people, yeah. That's what a number of people have said it. Anyways, he says, that's me and my lovely girlfriend, and I'm lucky as hell she puts up with my dumb ass. And he posted a picture of them together on, on Reddit. Um, here they are. One sec, I'll show you the picture of them. Proving that this is in fact them at the Chicago game. Uh, there it is. That's that it. <laughs> That's them. That's the guy who did it. We got to get this guy's number, right? Oh, oh my God. That was, uh, well, he's, he's right up there with uh, the, the, the helmet party incident as um, one of the more noteworthy. But he certainly did go viral for, I'm not sure whether he had any, any idea of what had happened, but uh, I bet his phone blew up pretty good afterwards. And, I'm sure hers did as well. Um, hey, if you're just popping into Winnipeg Sports Talk and you haven't been here before, great to have you with us. And we've got a lot of new folks in here today. Do us a favor, hit that red subscribe button. We are here every day live from one o'clock till about three o'clock central, Monday to Friday. And uh, if you're normally working or you're just popping in, but you want to listen to the program on the podcast, it's usually uploaded by about 3.30, just in time for your drive home. So you can subscribe over at Apple Podcasts or at Spotify. Mm. And we greatly appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, tell a friend. Uh, tell a friend yeah. about the, should, uh, the WST we'll, guys. We'll get that guy's number. First question. What did you have for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, the old, it was the old Taco Bell in a hockey game date. Jeez, <laughs> Yeah. Lucky, lucky girl, Nicole J says. Yeah. <laughs> no, no um, anyways, that was something. I mean, I I laughed so hard when we saw that last night. It's just so ridiculous. But hey, that's that's why you that's why you check it. And it was under the under the R the R slash hockey titled Jets fans are the greatest. So uh, he's not getting killed online, I don't think, right now. No, I think people are no, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. Thank I wouldn't personally do that, but I think we, I think. Look, farts are are funny. Um, what what can you do? And that was that was pretty pretty hilarious. Yeah. If you ask me. Thanks to Matticus Finch at Matt is masked, who uh, obviously is with us on the show. Thanks, Matt, who uh, pointed over that uh, that link as well. well. AK, I'll say, a, yeah, 
I'll say this, this is weird that for all of the other details of these trades that we still don't have the, that we still don't have the, um, the return. It's for, Chevy. Uh, he keeps it under wraps. Even when there's a trade done, he doesn't want anyone to know us. I think that's what it is. Very tight lipped about, uh, what's going on. And what's well, a trade just, we're going to get to the game. On we'll, tomorrow just yeah. and, uh, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. Traded. Yeah. They'll just secretly <laughs> update like the website of players and like their draft picks and like won't announce it. I, I we know that they don't like saying what they're doing, Huss. I'm pretty sure uh, that's going on. And oh, Pierre LeBron reporting that Jake DeBrusque stayed put in Boston. So he's wanting to trade for the whole year. He's playing on the top line. Signed still an extension to, earlier today. Signed an extension. Still wants to trade, but uh, he's not going anywhere. I'm not. I'm really sure of the what the situation is going on uh, with Jake DeBrusque, but he is there. Uh, so the Oilers did make a couple moves. They traded for Brett Kulak on the blue line. It sounds like they've also acquired Derek Brassard. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Brassard for a late round pick, actually, for, you know, a team that has really, you know, struggled at times with their depth of their top 12, uh, might be a nice ad. We'll see how much he's got left in, uh, left in the tank. And, you know, they did want a, they did definitely want some sort of a, an addition to, uh, the depth on the blue line. They get that in Kulak, but no big, big moves. And eight and Rio, did I see this? Did the did the Coyotes <laughs> claim Harry Sateri? He got claimed, yeah, Harry Sateri. And the reason why I know Harry Sateri, first of all, because his name rhymes. But also I remember he was in Florida a couple years ago and I was like, yep. Who is this guy? I've never heard of him. And I would bet against him every single time just because like I was like, Who who is this guy? And I'd always take the opposing like top line on DraftKings. I think I got burned every time. I'm like, ah, Harry Sateri, he's got me, he's got me again. So yeah, he got, uh, he got claimed. Oh, so, so there you go. Sorry, I'm trying to keep up with the chat and people are typing the trades here. But uh, I am just going to wait until I see it myself. That's what, there is a trade, um, uh, Nemesnikov going to, going to Dallas from Detroit for a fourth rounder. Chris Johnston reporting that. So there's another trade, Dallas uh, loading up here with Nemesnikov. I guess they did get Scott Wedgwood in goal, which allowed the Coyotes to sign Carol Vamelka to a contract extension. Has well deserved best goalie in the league. Yes, that's a three-year deal. I bet he wins two Vesnas in the next three seasons. He's that good, and God knows, working. I'm joking. He's not going to win the Vesna, but he will have plenty oh. of opportunities, Remus, to you know win games two-one with 48 saves, like he has done so far this season. Because that team is going to be brutal. Um, but Vimelka has been one of the few real positive stories so far this season. Um, so yeah, Broussard going from the Oilers to the, uh, from the Flyers to the Oilers. That's a late breaking trade. Max Domi from CBJ to the Carolina Hurricanes, really the only significant ad that the Canes have made. And that was for a guy that was picked 94th in the draft last year. And Ricard Raquel for a second rounder, a prospect and it says a roster player right now so we'll see what uh, player is going back the other way for ricard raquel mm -hmm. had for beak busy the last couple days yeah anaheim yeah trading hampus lindholm i thought they got a nice haul and uh and ricard raquel who they trade uh, deloriers too so uh here's scott billick to update on andrew cup and like why is this every other trade on the board every other trade today you know who's going back and forth immediately this trade uh, hung, very hung up. 
talk that the Jets are getting a young prospect defenseman from the Rangers as part of the return. Being told it is not Niels Lundqvist. All right, so we know who it isn't in the trade. That's for sure. Who it is. Stay, stay tuned. Uh, you know, all you 600 people here. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. Uh, Billick also mentioning Zach Sanford. I didn't realize Sanford was this big. Six foot four, 206 pound left winger, making two million this season. I did remember he was a bit of a pain in the ass when he was playing for St. Louis before. So uh, I'll tell you what, the Jets could certainly use that in the lineup right now. Um, and, you know, whether he's around next season, um, you know, this could be sort of like the DeMello trade in 2020, where, you know, you pick him up, you like him, and you end up signing to, to a deal that works for both sides and uh, um, go from there. But it doesn't really seem it's interesting. And I'm just going back and to Harmon Dial kind of discussing some of the uh, the returns that we've seen. Canucks getting a fourth round pick for Tyler Mott. Uh, you know, he said the return seems a bit light, but a third and a fourth round pick isn't out of line with the market when you consider what Appleton, Delorier, and Larson fetched. Knox at least got something for Mott and avoided overpaying on the extension. What was weird about Appleton, though, is that he was still under team control. This wasn't a UFA player. This is an RFA player. And I think that just worked out perfectly into the Jets' hands, especially knowing that Andrew Kopp was in all likelihood heading out of town today. Yeah, I, I, that's why I like the Appleton move because we were been saying, okay, well, if you trade Cop, who's going to replace him? Because their bottom forward depth has been um, not great this year. I mean, Harkins scored twice yesterday, has, but he hadn't scored for, for quite some time. Uh, Christian Veselainen hasn't worked out. You can't have guys who have zero shot at, uh, at scoring points on your bottom six. I mean, you look at successful teams, they're getting contributions uh, from everywhere. So Appleton would be the direct replacement to Cop on the, on the wing. Um, I guess if you're putting Adam Lowry at uh, at at center there on the third line, so I like getting Appleton. You hate, you know, you know he fits here. He's cheap. He's an RFA after the season, so you got one year of control. Maybe you sign him. So I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. Um, Who's playing third line center tomorrow? Hans, uh, this is the best comments for you to get. That. Came into the stream late. Was the fart discussed? And can anyone give me a timestamp? <laughs> I said like ten minutes ago. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but, yeah. Credit to us. Credit yeah. to us for not immediately leading with that story because we could have easily done that and done you know a good half hour on that. But luckily, there was many yeah. other uh, many other Sorry. things. But I had yes. to stop our whole conversation <laughs> to bring that up again. I had to. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had to. Um, I like what are the lines going to be? I guess it would what. Stat, I like, I'm assuming Appleton, Lowry, Sanford. Would that well, be your Lowry's third line? Lowry's got COVID, dude. Lowry can't play tomorrow. Oh, yeah. He's got... Can he even go in Canada? Like, what, we haven't really heard well, any updates. That was you a know big what? thing I last think, game. I think Jeff Hamilton, and let's just confirm, but I know Jeff... Uh, Jeff asked Dave Lowry about that after, and he goes, oh, we're working on that. And then I think Jeff said that Adam Lowry is, in fact, already in Canada. Now, there were some questions as to how he got back. Here it is. Okay, this is from this is from Jeff. A little more Jets news for those who are still up, not a trade though. As my story says, Adam Lowry is back in Winnipeg after testing positive for COVID-19 24 hours ago. As is federally mandated, the rules Lowry can't cross the border of Canada for 10 days. The explanation I got from team from the team is that Lowry was cleared by border officials with the suggestion that it kind of aligns with the recent trend of lessening restrictions. I'm assuming that would only happen if Lowry was fully vaccinated with he is with no symptoms. If he's got no symptoms, he can join the team in five days. 
Not sure if that starts Saturday or Sunday because the Jets have a back-to-back Thursday and Friday. Um, that is the one thing, you know, I was looking at the schedule this week. We know we got Vegas tomorrow. And then the return of Patrick Lining on Friday. Uh, but the Ottawa Senators are here on Thursday. And that was the one game that was rescheduled from earlier in the year that had not yet been made up yet. So um, this is a busy, busy week for the Jets. Uh, and hey, if you want to start on a roll, you do it right now. You've got some lesser lights of the league coming in, although I think we've been well documented that the Jets haven't necessarily dominated some of their home games against some of the weaker teams in the league this year. Uh, but um, And Vegas isn't that way, but they're just so beat up right now. And and interesting, we didn't see a lot done by Vegas, and I guess that's no surprise considering how much they'd done already, including the uh, trade to get Jack Eichel earlier uh, earlier this year. Yeah, they they already did their big trade with Jack Eichel, and I'm a fan of the teams like Calgary and Vegas who get their work done early. But Vegas, I mean, they're we haven't really looked at the standings today, but they're in a tough spot. I mean, we know the injuries they had. We will be seeing them tomorrow. I thought. Saw reports earlier that Dadunov was on the way out, but I haven't seen anything fall. But there they are. They're out of, they're in the, what, 72 points now in 64 games. So if the Jets want to keep pace, you got to win that game game tomorrow in Vegas. What, 4 6 and 0 oh in their last 10? Um, they did win two in a row. Actually, speaking of on the weekend, I think you called it on this show. I think it was like Thursday, or you called it to me. You looked at the schedule and you were like, Dallas is playing the Islanders on Saturday afternoon. They are 100% losing that game. And I don't know if you bet on it or not, but they definitely oh, did. did. They definitely did. You're like Tyler Sagan <laughs> and New York on a I don't Saturday trust afternoon. The stars. Yeah, I don't trust the stars on a Friday night in New York City with a 1 p.m. start the next day. That was uh, that was the lock of the century of the week, I think. And um, he did pop that in on the lock shop as well on the uh, on the weekend. Um, who is our fourth line center? I'll say Toninato, Atomic Kong. Dominic Tony Nato. Yeah. And uh, he's the guy. Uh, Got Milt. The Jets did trade Cop. Uh, he's been traded to the Rangers, although we don't have confirmation on what the return is right now. And that's something that we are uh, hopefully going to get relatively soon. Um, but, here's, but here's an interesting uh, quote from Paul Friesen of The Sun. Shout out Freezer. Andrew Cop to Sportsnet what went wrong this season. Obviously, every team has been dealing with it, so it's no excuse, but it just didn't seem like we were able to overcome that adversity the way others have so far. I was really anticipating one more deep run. Um, it is it is disappointing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, I kind of said this a couple times. You know, if we were here talking about trading Andrew Kopp at this point in the season, things have gone awry, and, um, and that's what's happened. Um, but I, that being said, Reno, I'm still looking forward to these games. And um, you know what? Hey, you want to at least make things exciting for the fans? Get on a bit of a roll right now. Vegas, a decimated Vegas team. Ottawa Senators, Columbus Blue Jackets coming up over these next three games. And, um, you know, and then I believe a trip to Buffalo as well. So, I mean, definitely winnable games. But uh, I'll say one thing. I know we haven't spent a lot of time talking about last night's game with the exception of a certain incident that happened after yeah. a Jets goal. <laughs> um, but um, 
<laughs> but uh, that was, as Rennie said, that was certainly no blueprint of a team that's, uh, you know, fighting for their lives to get into the playoffs. They're going to need to tighten it up in a big way starting tomorrow against Vegas. Yeah, I mean, look at the last couple games, Hess. In the Vegas game and the Boston game, you have, in each of those games, you have a period where you don't go, where you, sorry, you go 13 minutes in what, the first period of the Vegas game and in the second period of the Boston game. You went go like, more than half the period without getting a shot, and they got totally dominated in that second period. Now they woke up in the third period and scored two quick ones against Boston. You're like, oh, we got a game here. But I mean, that's just so much from the team this season. I mean, sometimes they look absolutely terrible, and other times they look like they could be for sure a playoff team. And so I don't know what to what to make. That's why I think they are kind of like Calgary, where you like they should be better. I think a lot of it is this overtime too. I mean, if they win a couple more overtime games. They're well into a spot. I mean, losing to Dallas and OT three times is, is well, pretty is pretty rough. And, and think about those games. I mean, two of them should never even got to overtime in the first place. I mean, you win one of those games, and mm-hmm. it is a uh, one of those games in regulation. It's a three point flip, and you're basically talking about being tied right now. Although Dallas is a couple of games in hand, so hey, uh, you know it is what it is. They are where they are right now. But um, I'll tell you what, four games in six nights beginning tomorrow against Vegas, who's decimated injury-wise, Ottawa, Columbus, and the Arizona Coyotes, and then a trip to Buffalo. Yep. Um, listen, you got to win 14 of your final 19 games to make in the playoffs. You got to get nine, dare I say, 10 points out of these next five games. And then you're playing the Leafs on the second end of back-to-backs. And uh, that'll be, of course, the, uh, the Neil, welcome Neil Pionk game to, uh, to Toronto after everything that happened with all that nonsense on December 5th here. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But to be honest, the Leafs have their own worries right now. I'm not sure how much it'll be about that game in December. Sort of does seem like this long, long ago in the rearview mirror. Um, the Leafs will just be hoping that they can get Jack, Cam- Jack Campbell back or have somebody to be, uh, be playing a net right now because Harry Sateri has been claimed. Peter Morazic's been waived and presumably sent to the minors. I'm not too sure what uh, what Kyle Dubas has uh, has up his sleeve, but um, goaltending a very very major issue right now. Before it was the Oilers that were so desperate for goaltending, and then you know who was it today? It was the Minnesota Wild that were getting Mark Andre Fleury, and um, you know the Leafs and Oilers kind of you know uh, shoring up other parts of their uh, of their roster. Yeah, well, wait, have Leafs fans forgot about Neil Pionka? Are they too focused on uh, losing? Games to Buffalo the last couple of weeks and the goaltending situation. I almost <laughs> I almost forgot about that. So we're I know we're kind of just waiting and seeing here on this uh on this top trade. So for everyone in chat, Andrew Cobb's been traded to the Rangers. But we don't know the return. And no, we can't we can't end the show y- until we know exactly y- what's happening hey, right now. So Yarmo Kekalainen just spoke to the media as per Mark. He says 33 trades are in the queue at the central registry. And shout out to um, Leslie who wrote that in chat. Are in the queue or total? Like for total today? Are in the queue. In the queue. So there could be way more trades. So I don't know. Like I might need to go refill my water or something. We've been sitting here. That's what like the two hour show. I'm able to handle without a, a proper break. 
but um you know in fact okay listen i need to i need to go take a go to the bathroom quickly you mm. you give us give them the rundown of either trades or these games tonight okay. i'll be back in two seconds okay we're gonna do we're gonna rotate it out here you're gonna go i'll take over hey what's up everyone how is it it's winnipeg sports talk here tuesday thursday sundays not tuesday uh, sorry monday to friday one central uh if you're not if you haven't yet please hit the subscribe button um I appreciate everyone coming out today, you know, mainly talking Winnipeg Jets. I know we got a lot of new people from our big article over the weekend in the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, check check that out. Are uh, we going until 6? No, no, no. So, yeah, we run down the Winnipeg Jets trades last night. Mason Appleton reacquired. We were big fans of that move. Uh, we also had the Nathan Beaulieu for a seventh. And then there was the Brian Little and a, what was it, Brian Little and Nathan Smith for a fourth. And then there was the Andrew Kopp trade. Paul Stasny, not traded. I think a bit of a surprise there. He is a UFA. Yeah, there's a bit of a, he's a UFA and the Jets, you know, seemingly aren't going to make the playoffs where they got a 10% chance, uh, 10% chance. So they'll be going with him and try to go on a run here. You know, we look at the Jets schedule. It is favorable, coming up very favorable. So, you know, maybe there's an outside chance you go on a win streak against some of these poor teams. No better way. Keep it going tomorrow night against Vegas. Also, Ottawa, Columbus. Big. Rob Mahoney, please stop or I will ban you. Um, I can't read the chat and do this. It's, everyone's trying to psych me out. Um, Ottawa and then Columbus. The big Patrick Line return on Friday. There are some games on tonight. I saw people saying there shouldn't be games on trade deadline day. I was like, no, no, no. Well, let's have the games at night. Let's have the games at night. Come on. We got Bruins. And Canadians at 6, Wild, Golden Knights at 7, Oilers and Avalanche, and Predators and Ducks. And I always like the baseball trade deadline where you'd have players like literally trade, changing teams uh, mid-game. So that's uh, St. That's Huss is back. I will go, but uh, they, I think it's pretty much a must-win for the Jets if they have any hope of making the playoffs. Thank you, Scott. I, I appreciate that. I'm trying my best. Over here, I know Hustler's back. I'm going to refill my water and also also take a break. Do we have any any reads you want to do, Hus? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do the reads right now. We've got to give a big shout-out to our yeah. friends at Nick and Nikki DQ. I know Elliot's in the chat today and uh, was the big... He was the last place marble winner. That's another thing, actually, for those of you that are with us that have never been with us regularly or especially on Friday's show. Make sure you hit that red subscribe button, but also come back and hang out with us on Friday afternoon because the end of the show every day we do a marble race for everyone that's in the chat and uh, it is incredibly fun popular we've got some great winnipeg sports talk hoodies we've given out to the winners but we did do a dq cake ice cream cake those amazing dq ice cream cakes from nick and nicky dq for the last place marble and uh, i know elliot was that so i hope you enjoyed it of course four locations in winnipeg and southern manitoba from nick and nicky the dq in niverville dq northgate DQ Polo Park and DQ St. Anne's. Check out these amazing new signature grill burgers that are available right now. The Red Velvet Blizzard. And of course, if you do want to order your own DQ ice cream cake for a part of your gathering, uh, you can call any of the four locations or hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Order it. They'll custom make it for you and have it ready at any of the four locations for you. Um, and speaking of the marble race, we've got these great... Winnipeg Sports Talk 
Canadian Club hoodies to uh, give away. Uh, come by Friday afternoon and have your chance to win. I'm sure all the regulars in the chat will tell you how much fun the marbles are. We can even get some marbles in there. Home one today, a trade day marble race. We'll see what we'll see what the C CTO has to say about that. Um, but yeah, and uh, we've got some great prizes from our friends at Canadian Club. And of course, Canadian Club is a proud sponsor of Winnipeg Sports Talk. CC on sale right now at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And we're just a couple of weeks away from the official launch of the RTD. That's the anagram for Ready to Drink. Canadian Club and Ginger Ale. Pre-mixed cocktails going to come in six packs of cans, which you'll be able to get at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts and potentially at beer stores as well are the ones that have the uh, the RTD option. So uh, big thanks to Canadian Club. And for those of you that haven't been here before, hit that red subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up too, if you wouldn't mind. And join us daily here. But make sure you come by Friday afternoon towards the end of the show. Marble Race, always super, super fun. All right, one other thing. And I know Remus mentioned what games were uh, were on the docket right now for tonight. Let's quickly get to our Coolbet lines for our friends over at Coolbet. Four games. Bruins at Habs. Bruins a big minus 227 money line favorite. The Wild minus 179 favorite against the Vegas Golden Knights. And oh, that's beautiful. Vegas is going to be on the second end of back-to-backs tomorrow coming here to Winnipeg. That is welcome news. Uh, Edmonton is in Colorado to take on the Beasts of the West, the Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche minus 196 favorites at home against the Oilers. And the Nashville Predators, minus 167 favorites against Anaheim. Uh, we've also got women's curling coming on this afternoon. Carrie Anerson and Team Canada, minus 400 favorites against Denmark. We've got Germany and the Czech Republic, Turkey, Switzerland, USA, Korea in, the, uh, in tonight's draw, or I guess the 4 o'clock draw. And then we've also got action starting at... 9 p.m. because of course it's out in Prince George. If you've never uh, bet a cool bet before, use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to $200 on your first deposit. Oh, Remo, I got a cough here for a sec. Yeah, no problem. I'll take over. Yeah, looking at the, uh, we're still waiting again, waiting on Andrew Cop trade. Every other trade today, uh, you find out the return immediately. This one that we've been waiting for not uh you don't know so we were hoping you know two seconds at first so we will wait and see but the jets oh yeah getting zach sanford as well i'm i don't know what the line is going to be like tomorrow we'll have to see you in the morning skate we'll be here again tomorrow 1 p.m central we are every day so and also make sure you're uh, checking out our social medias a lot of great stuff uh approaching we're eight followers away actually on instagram for 2000 so give us a follow sports talk uh, WPG on Instagram, closing in on 1K on TikTok. So uh, give us a follow. Links, all the links to our social medias in the description. Would love to get that 2,000 on on Instagram. So there, hey, there, there you have it. Perfect. Uh, one other trade to announce. Oh, really? And it's not from the NHL. Oh, okay, good. Let's get it's to this. It's from the NFL. The Falcons are trading former NFL MVP Matt Ryan to the Colts. For a 2022 third round pick. That's from Tom Pelissero, as well as Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport, and Mike Garofalo. Um, very interesting. They move on from Carson Wentz. They get him to the Washington, what are they called again? The Guardians? No, that's Cleveland. No, that's Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, come, yeah. Excuse me. 
I still like I you know there's all those people like I like the old name like you know I don't like the old old name but I really did love the Washington football team. Anyways, Wentz is there and uh now Matt Ryan is going to Indy, but they didn't get Deshaun Watson. They didn't draft a quarterback last year. This could be scorched earth for the Falcons this year and you got to feel for a guy like uh Pitts who uh, was a rookie last year, thought to be, was he the fourth overall pick? Thought he was going to have a big year now. I mean, I don't know what that offense is going to be like, but uh, it wasn't just the National Hockey League that were making some big deals for picks today. It was also the NFL. Uh, let's do a little refresh here, see if we've got any more information on these trades. I see a lot of people in chat saying this happened an hour ago. Hey, we were talking about NHL uh, the whole time. So yeah, exactly. we, never, is- we never talked about it. Yeah. What do you want the NHL trade deadline day, we figured that, you know, maybe there's some people that didn't yeah. know about that, that we could hit to that because we've been oh. hitting all the... We yeah, were talking, talking about Derek Broussard going for TBA to, uh, you know, yeah. from Philly to Edmonton or Max Domi for a prospect. Ricard <laughs> yeah. Raquel, you know. But, so we had to mention Matt Ryan getting traded to the Colts today. And uh, Colts have a good roster. And we're really interested to see it. He's got a massive contract too. I don't know how they work all that out, but we we do actually have some Jets transactions. I mean, these are just paper transact. Well, they are paper, but real ones too. Important Hainala, for the moose. Hainala, yeah. Jeff Malott, aka Fedge Malott, uh, Christian Reichel to the moose. So that's so they can play in the playoffs if they do get called up uh, called up later. So there may not be Jets playoff runs, but we are getting no Perfetti up. though. He's on LTIR, so I don't know. I don't know how that works, but no, he's not on this list. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure of the situation. But uh, the one thing we didn't touch on was the also over the weekend, the World Juniors got announced. That was like late Friday to be the summer in Edmonton. Like, I don't think, like, are they going to let Perfetti play in it? He was supposed to play now that he's kind of established himself as an NHL regular. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they want him it's there in, in the August. summer. It's in August. You want that right before training camp to go in? I, I don't know. I mean, like for a lot of players, like that, where this is the highlight of their career. I'm happy they're getting the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. But for guys that project to be in the National Hockey League, I it'll be very interesting to see what the Canadian team looks like as opposed to what it was supposed to be when the event originally happened. As to what it will look like when it uh, actually drops the puck on it um, in uh, late summer in August. Yeah, we'll wait and see. So um, that's something, you know, people are asking us about uh, Perfetti quite a bit, but I'm not expecting back anytime soon. They kind of just kept saying, oh, he's ways away, not skating. Oh, is Loveface in here today? Yeah. Not, I just had to one ban. Of, I had to one ban of Loveface's crew. One of Loveface's crew. If you know, you know. Oh, yeah, Schickster, Aussie rules. Hey, oh. shout out to my Sydney Swans. Big okay. win in the wild world of wagering. That was nice last week. So okay. here's, sorry, just about that, uh, sorry to interrupt, just about those, those, send, those send downs. Billick says Perfetti, because Perfetti's not on the list, is a tell that he's not expected to play again this year. So, yes, I guess that's unfortunate. I think this, Perfetti, I think this injury is much worse than they've let on. I mean, they've said he's going to be out for a while, but. They haven't said that he's done for the season, so I think people are, keep asking us every day in chat, you know, when's this guy going to play? And it's seemingly, uh, this is longer term than I think we were led to believe. Uh, we've got another bit of breaking news from my guy, the People's Insider, Kevin Weeks. Okay. 
and Kevin Weeks. It's not a video though. He just did the, and I'm not sure he's got this goal light, and I'm not sure what the second emoji is. But the Islanders sign Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck to extension. A lot of stuff so happening today. We thought Clutterbuck, and Clutterbuck would have definitely been a guy that, you know, some playoff teams would have loved to have had in for some grit on their fourth line. Um, but anyways, we'll, uh, we will see how, uh, how that shakes out. But um, no trade, but a couple of extensions for uh, Zach Parise. And Parise, I was just looking at Parise's year, because, of course, he got bought out. Eight goals, 16 assists, 24 points in 60 games. I mean, not terrible. Certainly not what he was when he signed that massive deal, but on a bargain basement contract after being bought out, um, good for him that he's earned another contract in another year in the league. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, I don't know, like I don't know what to make of those buyouts from Minnesota. I mean, Suter is doing well, but good for uh, Zach Parisi continuing on with Lou on on Long Island, who the Islanders has. You know, we've talked about them and the Jets as the most disappointing teams this year. I mean, they went. They're so close to the cup final, went to the conference final last year, really high expectations. And there, there are 61 points in 60 games. I mean, do the circumstances of uh, what waiting for the arena to be ready to start of the season, did that screw them? I'm, I'm not sure. That and COVID they had the worst COVID luck of any team because they yeah. got it. They got decimated and they had to play their games. Like Calgary's whole team got it and they were shut down for a bit. Mm -hmm. before everyone else did and then by the time it was affecting everyone else they were good and pretty much it had gone through their entire organization so yeah i don't it, know it also helps that uh johnny goodrow and matthew kachuk are having career years uh, for calgary too uh, absolutely <laughs> yeah great timing great timing for them too in contract years as well um i can't believe we're five minutes away from 3 p.m and we still don't know what the jets have gotten for andrew cop <laughs> like the trade was announced at two, was it not? Or right before? Yeah. I mean, it was essentially. Well, it might have even been 10 or five minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. So uh, we will. I guess we can wait and see. I don't know. We got some time. We Hustler's got some packs of, uh, of hockey cards. We've got a marble race. Packs. Is this what it's come down to? It's just going to be me firing up uh, NHL 22 and simulating what the trade is um <laughs> so and then as well, far as you know what i i have no i have no issue with doing a marble race actually i want to give away something for everyone in the chat just do the biggest marble race ever yeah exactly well let's let's do that the trade deadline marble race all right what do we have prizes uh well yeah we'll give one of the uh we'll give one of the hoodies sure do it we just got them Shout out to our James and our friends over at Canadian Club. We've got the new sizes yet. By the way, I am sick, so if you're planning on picking up uh, today, you might need to push it on day. Wednesday might be a good day for uh, for pickups of these. But uh, yes, I know, Mitch, it has been an hour. So exactly, people are fired up. We're seeing the marbles in the chat from all you members. Thanks very much, by the way, for everyone supporting the channel with the memberships. If you're wondering why the guys are green with the microphones, we set up a little something when we started our two-year anniversary or one-year anniversary last week. It's two bucks a month, supports the channel, allows us to maybe get some new equipment and stuff like that. And a uh, great way. And now we have some bunch of fun, wild emojis. So this is what you need to do. Did you open it up, Reem? Oh, I'll do it right now. One sec. We'll do it. We'll do one. I think it I think it's fair. It's trade deadline day. This is a special show. We got a lot of people in the chat. We want to give away a hoodie, do a marble race. 
There it is. Exactly. It's open. It's open. Okay, it is open. Now, there you go. So, Turd, Eric, Derek, Dom, you need to do it again. Uh, but it is officially open now. And look at this. Boom. Exclamation mark marbles. Um, and again, that's all you need to do if you're a newcomer. But you to win, you do need to be subscribed to the channel. So make sure to hit that red subscribe button. And uh, we'll give you a couple minutes. You can put in exclamation mark marbles. Then we'll put everyone into a marble race. I, yeah, this does have the potential to be the biggest, the biggest marble race in, uh, in WST history. I would say. Look at the chat go right now. Holy smokes. Beautiful. Exclamation mark marbles, everybody. If you would like to participate, it's completely free. Fun, uh, fun way to do it. We'll just have the one prize today for first prize, though, with the hoodie. Um, I didn't arrange for additional cakes, and we did a couple last week, but uh, we will try and do one for Fridays for the last place marble race finisher. Um, but as you can see, if you're with us in the chat, all you do, exclamation mark marbles. You only need to do it once. And uh, we'll give you a, uh, a moment to uh, get, your, get your marble in. And... Um, I don't know what uh, what course. I know we're sort of just pulling this off as we await news on this trade. Um, I'm not sure what course you're thinking about, but uh, I haven't. Yeah, I'm just go. loading it. I'm I'm just uh, waiting to see what we got here. There's just so many names in. It. Amazing seeing everyone in chat today. This is probably going to be the biggest marble race in WST history yeah. today. Because we haven't done it on these extra big days like trade deadline, or I mean, we didn't do a we didn't do a marble race to commemorate Paul Maurice stepping down in February in, in December, whatever when it happened. Oh, there's Gitch. What's up, Gitch? Gitch would have loved that guy's act at the Blackhawks game last night. <laughs> Should I send him a DM? Is that what we're at here? Is that that's our form of journalism? Colin. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That's the that's the big interview everyone wants to hear. It was literally on every like Twitter thing. It was almost I think it was more popular than Jeff Malott's walk off uh, walk off oh, shootout uh, move. It, it, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Okay. Oh, there it is. No, there is not it. Still looking for return on. Andrew Cops trade to the New no. York Rangers. Still waiting. But you know what? Now that okay, so there are more trades coming through. Like Calgary trades Michael McNiven, goaltender Michael McNiven to Ottawa for future considerations. There couldn't be 30 trades in the in the hopper, could they? <laughs> oh, and Ken Hughes in Montreal said they came close to trading Shea Weber's contract today. Guess what? The Coyotes were one of the teams that Montreal spoke to about Weber's contractual rights. But in fact, the uh, Jets ended up trading them Brian Little's contract. Um, okay, last call for the Marbles, gang. Exclamation mark Marbles, if you haven't done it already, if you just popped in, you're just getting under the wire. Um, and we're going to load them up for potentially one of the biggest marble races of, uh, marble races of all time. I got to get the song ready before I close it. I always forget what folder it's in. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Get the song. That's what everyone needs to hear we, right now. I need that to pump me up. The marble song. Hold on. Me too. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find where it 
save this stuff. I got so many damn folders. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, wait, you know what? I don't even have the names ready. Jeez, I haven't closed all this. Okay, sorry. I'm way behind. Okay, so, you know what? Again, impromptu marble race. We'll get to it in just a minute. But, yeah, um, yeah if you want to close off the marbles, I guess, and then get the sure. list. We can talk. There was a couple things from the weekend games that I, the Friday game, I did tweet out the video. Um, you know, the Jets have the empty net. They're trying to tie the game up after giving up the go ahead power play goal. And what, Charlie Coyle, like, was that like a leg sweep on Josh oh. Morrissey? Doesn't get called, of course, because, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Hess, but when you have a power play at, uh, at the last minute of a game, you're not allowed to get a five on three, no matter what the penalty is. It's a rule. If the Bruins are, I think this was a, just a heads up play by Charlie Coyle. He knew that they weren't going to call a penalty no matter what. And he's like, I'm just going to stick my leg out and trip Josh Morrissey, and they're not going to call it. And he was right. So Morrissey was hot. I mean, I, well, I don't know. Has Morrissey ever gotten a 10 before? He was livid. He was livid. And oh. the best part about that play was how far his stick uh, went flying. Oh, uh, I know. It went for a ride. So I, uh, I mean, yeah, he's usually a pretty calm, cool guy. And I think, think that's, that's correct for him to lose his mind. I don't need to lose his mind, but he threw a stick after. He got a 10. I mean, well done, Josh Morrissey, because it's kind of BS when you see these blatant calls. And well, luck. it was, and I mean, the way that that game, I mean, not to go back to Friday, but I mean, you know, you tie the game up after that just brutal second period. And, um, and then, I mean, Brendan Dillon, God bless him. I mean, you could just see the look on his face the minute that thing came, went off his stick and flew into the stands going, I can't believe I just did that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're hoping your teammates could bail you out. Unfortunately, they didn't. And this gets back to... You know, um, was it uh, Sean that was mentioning, uh, or no, it was Mike that was mentioning Bruce Cassidy's comments. Yeah. That, um, you know, the Jets, you know, they have had a very hard time moving people out in front of the net. And, I mean, Taylor Hall, of all people, I mean, just basically there, you know, going down, boom, thank you very much, rebound in, and they win 3-2. Yeah, that was, that was a dagger because they've been playing some good hockey. They've been getting some good results. Came back with a win last night. Certainly no Picasso. But again, it's about it's about getting two points right now, and um, they've certainly got an opportunity with this schedule over the next five games to, you know, maybe make things interesting. Um, but they'll be doing it without Andrew Kopp, but uh, Mason Appleton back in the mix, as well as Zach Sanford, former St. Louis Blue, coming over from the Ottawa Senators. One other thing too about that um, about that play. I mean, I tweeted out the video, and a lot of people were re replying to me like. You know, the game wasn't decided on that call. You know that, right? I was like, I'm just putting the video here showing what happened. Like, I never said anything. And look, we've all watched the Jets on five on threes this year. It hasn't gone that well. So I don't think you just want to see the rules called according to the rule book. And, you know, when you're trying to make a comeback after a disappointing, you know, end to the game, for a guy to stick his leg out so clearly um, yeah. and not get called, that was... Uh, that was disappointing. That, that was a disappointing. I mean, the, but the second period, I think they lost it in the second period that game. Anyways, uh, I didn't really touch on this. The one thing that I'm still, you know, concerned about with the Jets, you know, why if you think they aren't a playoff team. I mean, they just keep giving up three goals a game, like Hullbuck, over and over again. I mean, I don't know if this is a, a team defense issue. Craig Button maybe alluded to that earlier. Well, if you watch the Sunday game, it certainly yeah. is. That's a big part of it. There's no doubt about yeah. that. 
Yeah, so I just it's hard to win. You keep giving up three goals every single game, and you look at Connor Hellbug's game log. That's that's what it is. Uh, that being said, go. Connor needed to have that fourth goal. I mean, that game was closer that than was it a, probably should have been. Yeah. Like, honestly, the Blackhawks were brutal in that game. I mean, that was one of those games that, I mean, the coaches, I'm sure, want to burn the tapes afterwards. I mean, listen, you saw some nice offense and some, you know, a couple nice goals by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but that was, I'll, I'll echo Rennie's thoughts from earlier. That was absolutely no blueprint for, um, <laughs> for any sort of a playoff run. Not a run to the playoffs, a run in the playoffs, a win in the playoffs. That's not going to get it done. But um, we'll see what they can do against the Vegas Golden Knights, who, as we mentioned, Remo, are in Minnesota to take on the Wild tonight, and it'll be coming here tomorrow for, uh, for the game. Yeah, I, I love that, how they always schedule uh, the Minnesota and then here. I think it's great. Big fan of that. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll see what the injuries are for Vegas tomorrow. We'll see what the lineup is. As far as the Jets, we're going to see what their lineup is too. I mean, trading Andrew Kopp, getting Zach Sanford, getting Mason Appleton, Paul Stasny remaining. Um, I think people were, I wasn't sure if people wanted to see him moved or not. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you could have got something for him, Huss. Does it yeah, mean, th I mean that like they're going to resign him? Pick? I mean, listen, I, I, I don't really care about sixth round picks or fifth round picks. Uh, you know, those are so rarely turning into players, albeit Mason Appleton was a sixth rounder and Sammy Niku, who I know a lot of people loved, was a seventh rounder. But for the most part, those are real um, long shots. So... If the, if that I mean if we're talking about a fifth or a sixth round pick, I'd rather have Paul Stastny continuing to play with Shifley and Wheeler, you know, for the rest of this season and see what they can do. Um, now, if you were telling me that they turned down a second round pick for him, uh, it's a different story. But I really don't think that was the case. I mean, it was a fourth rounder a year ago, so would it be different right now? I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know why that would be, especially with one more year, albeit a cheaper contract this season, and that always is something. That's uh, very important. All right. Um, we will continue to wait for Andrew Kopp. But as we mentioned, uh, if you're with us right now, we're killing a bit of time. So let's uh, do a marble race on WST. Tristan Rivers, hit the music. All right, there we go. Hey, Robert, thanks for being a supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Awesome. Um, yeah, and people were wondering how long we're going for. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not feeling well. I would love to finish this show soon. We do have to get the podcast up for sure, but we kind of would like to know the return for Andrew Kopp before the show is over. So that being said, hopefully by the time this marble race is over, maybe we'll have some clarity on that. We've got a uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie for our first place finisher, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Club. And um, we'll do this again on Friday. This is a special one-time only Trade Center edition marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Remo, how many are in? 
231. I did put uh, an- the return and the Andrew Cop trade is in there, and Brian Little also in there as Good. well. What about Cupcake Guy? Oh, I forgot him. I forgot him. Damn it. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's Darn. okay. We'll put him in on Friday. People will still be talking about that on Friday, I guarantee you. All right. right. <laughs> Here we go. Trade Center edition. As we wait for the Andrew Cop return for the Winnipeg Jets, let's drop the marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. There's so many in here. <laughs> this is the biggest marble race of all time. How many? Um, what? Uh, what course is this, by the way? This is called endurance test. Oh, the endurance test. Good. Maybe a little bit of extra time for us to figure out who is coming back for Andrew Cop. What's the return? Hello. Someone just tell us, please. Really. Uh, oh. What's up, Bart? Thanks. Welcome to the uh, supporters. Club. You guys do get uh, what? You get the microphone and a green name, and you have some sweet, sweet emotes. And we'll be, we do change them up. Yeah, Bart and Robert, thanks very much for doing that. That's, uh, that is great. Okay, Theo Seegers with a nice early lead. Yeah. Theo's, Theo is a good marbles player. I mean, he's often been in the mix. I remember saying his name a number of times. We're doing it right here. Who else do we got here? John D. Derek Homer, Frosty Winnipeg's in the mix. Dan Milburn, the Earl of Eli. Robert Palmer, Tim Pedden. Cruising oh. through. Theo, you know, Theo Seeger's marble is just uh, doing a great job at leading the way here. Oh, gonna be, oh, no, that's not good. Moose three. Moose three with a nice big win. Well, not win, but. Definitely a win going a frosty Winnipeg still looking good. Robert Palmer's in there. Rambler 231. See who comes out of this. Yeah, who is going to be first coming down the right? Uh looks like it's Moose 3. Oh, here we got Moose 3. Dan Jets fan. Rambler 231. Oh, they're all stuck Moose there. Three. Oh, frosty, frosty Winnipeg has got some heat here. Oh, and this might work out great. Is he going to get stuck? Oh, oh, he made it through. He made it through. Frosty Winnipeg, Robert Palmer and Moose 3. Who's it going to be? Oh, they're not done yet. They're not done yet. This is coming down right to the end. Could it be? Frosty Winnipeg. Nicely done. Oh, relaxing. Relaxing. That is the best. I think I saw you on Twitter. That is the best handle, by the way. Shout out to you, my friend. Um, there we go. Frosty, Dan, Jets fan, Robert Palmer, Moose 3, Relax Thing are our, our finalists coming in. Frosty Winnipeg, a huge, huge dub. Way to go, Frosty. And again, Frosty. We, don't, we, we don't award more, more points for this, but um, we can tell you that that was maybe the greatest victory in Winnipeg Sports Talk Marble Race history because you beat 230 other marbles to, uh, to get the W. That was the close, one of the closest races we've ever had, uh, actually. It was for sure. And oh, was... Andrew Kopp's return finished seventh. Yeah, the return. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good one. But yeah, what, that was a great track. That was endurance test. I really like that one. Uh, I would use that again. But yeah, shout out to Frosty uh, getting, getting the hoodie. Theo Seegers was in there for a while, ran into a couple of obstacles. I thought he was way too far ahead. I'm like, there's no way you can run the table here. Like, this, it's going to be pretty hard. It's very tough. 
Um, oh, no. Oh, trade's now official. Oh, no, that's Adam Schefter. <laughs> Matt Ryan for a third-round pick. We already know that. But that pick, that uh, is, it, it is official right now. Um, did, you, did you watch any of the um, March Madness over the weekend? How's your bracket still alive? Uh, you know what? The bracket is not too good, I don't think. However, I have actually been on a complete heater betting on the game. And um, let's just see. Let's do a quick update on, our, on the men's tournament challenge here. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm ugly. I, I had... Um... See, I, the one thing I've discovered about these brackets is really just all about if you can pick the winner correctly. Yeah, exactly. And the final exactly. four. The beginning doesn't matter, but... So I had Auburn to win, and they lost yesterday. So I'm done. I don't care. I don't care about March Madness anymore. I I'm, escaped. I'm I escaped. I had Arizona, uh, and they are still alive. I had Ohio State, though. They lost. Um, so who did I have? Arizona, Iowa. Oh, I still have Texas Tech and UCLA, so they're still alive. And we'll see what we will see what happens. This is absolutely unbelievable. We are not. We let's see if Dave Pagnotta has. Man, a lot of people just coming back. I guess meeting with the boss, realizing that they missed a marble race. Yeah, we already ran a short to Frosty, who took it down. So Frosty. <laughs> Out of boy uh, Frosty. Send wait. us an email with your size. We'll get you hooked up. Yeah. Josh Morrissey's left night nut rates. Bro had Auburn rip. Yeah, I, I lost. I'm done. I was actually pretty good in my home pool. I was the only one to take Auburn. I was like, if they win, I definitely, I, you know, if they win, I win the pool, but they did not win. So they had pretty good, pretty good odds on Cool Bed. They were one of the top teams. Uh, we're hearing reports also Chevy is talking at four. So I would hope that. It comes out before then, or is Chevy just going to announce the trade himself? He's like, no insider yeah. is going to steal my thunder. <laughs> Only I announce the trades, the one that we've been waiting here for all day. Chevy. No doubt. Atomic Kong WCGC match play is a much more fun bracket than March Madness. I, I am 100% in, and I was actually just going to bring up. I went on with Skylar Peters on the OB um, primetime uh, sports show or CJOB Sports Show on uh, Thursday when Christian O'Mell was gone. Skyler always likes talking betting with me. So we were talking about a bunch of the games and the picks I had. It was maybe the worst. I was like, everything was wrong. Went into, that was St. Patrick's Day. Went out, had a good time that night. Um, and then had to do lock shot picks late at night. I ended up going 10-1 and with the picks, including 3-0 and in women's tennis. 2-0 in the NBA, 2-0 in Aussie Rules football, and had the very rare four-game NBA women's tennis Aussie Rules parlay that came through. And that just kind of shot me into the weekend ream, with the exception of a close call. We had some Adam Hadwin action at the uh, Valspar. Many wins. And last night had the uh, a, a Jets-Buffalo parlay last night. Shout out to the Sabres and Rasmus Dahlin for his beautiful overtime winner. To get the dub, so oh, wait, was uh, that against, Kong, I'm was ready it, to go. Was that against Calgary? The against Sabres? Vancouver. Oh, against Vancouver. How about uh, the Sabers win against Calgary on Saturday? I had this DraftKings lineup all set up, all right. Where's that Friday? I think that was Friday. Yeah, that was Friday. That, that, was, that Friday. was funny. Uh, I said I was ten and one. Yeah. The one, the one pick I got wrong in the entire lock shop. Ten winners, one loser. 
That was the one that I put in for the partner parlay, the over six and a half, and it ended up zero zero in regulation. So, um, I uh, I apologize publicly for screwing up the partner parlay. Everything else, man. Good, well, though, did you uh, see the one goal that Buffalo scored on uh, on Friday? I didn't. Oh my god! It was like Markstrom, was, was... Markstrom went to play the puck and like messed it up, and then someone just scooped it up and tapped it into the empty net. What a way to lose a game. Calgary's fine, though. They're doing, yeah. uh, they're oh, doing just fine. Here we are. Darren Drager tweeting about the conditions of the Andrew Kopp trade. Okay, here we go. Wait, let me just real quick. He says, Kopp conditions. The conditions are a second that can turn into a first for winning two rounds in the playoffs, and Kopp plays 50% of the games, and another second that can be Winnipeg's option in 22 or 23. So those are the partial details. So there might be a player as well. Yeah, um, we don't know who the prospect is. But I'll tell the, you what. Yeah, yeah, Darren said, you know, he said he was still working on the cop return to Winnipeg. Sounds like picks and a prospect. So, I mean, I guess it is essentially two seconds. And we're all going to be big Ranger fans come the playoffs. If they could pull off, Shister can get hot, get on a roll, get to the conference finals. And uh, that pick turned into a first rounder. That would be uh, that would be fine, and obviously, I think Chevy was grinding these guys with these conditions. Now they wanted more. Well, okay, give us a conditional first. You'd be happy if you get to the conference finals, okay? And then another second that can be Winnipeg option twenty two or twenty three. You know, let's just get cap friendly up here right now and see how many seconds do the Rangers have this year? Yeah, I mean, we... oh, and they do have, they have two second rounders this year. They've got St. Louis's and they've got their own. And then there's a 2023rd one that's potential. So it's two second rounders could potentially be a first rounder. Um, but I am interested in who was the, uh, the prospect in addition. I'll say this though. If you told me that this is what they ended up getting from Andrew Kopp, I, I think that's pretty good value. I didn't think that there'd be a first round pick out there. I get building the conditions in where it could turn into it, but at worst case scenario, you're getting two first, uh, two second rounders for cop. Yeah, I I think we were hearing that was the what the minimum, not the minimum that was going was out there. We heard they wanted a first. I mean, I guess we I said earlier today, are we all cheering for the Rangers now? And the answer is yes, because if they win two rounds and cop plays in half the games, uh, one of those seconds could turn into a first. For the Jets, so yeah, we're hopping on the Rangers bandwagon. Igor Shosturkin, Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, and Artemi Panarin, big Rangers fan now. So uh, that would be great for them if if it went. But I think you get two seconds. I think you have to like that return. And I also wonder now, and going to the off season, if you look to trade one of your veteran defensemen and free up some cap space, and you get even more picks for that, or you get a a depth player. So I like. Uh, I think. I think this is. Pretty good, you know, day here for Sheveldoff. Maybe you'd like to see Stasny dealt, or do they go to sign him? We'll wait and see. Okay, so they Gregor also tweeting 48 seconds ago. Prospect to the Jets, Morgan Barron. And yeah. then, oh, and then they're swapping. Uh, the Jets are also getting a 2023 fifth round pick, and they're sending them a 2023 sixth round pick. Okay, so let's just, this is a great way to finish off. We finally have clarity mm -hmm. as to this trade. Uh, by the way, Morgan Barron has played 13 games for the Rangers this year. 
He's a center. Shoots left. Throw from Halifax. Rick Rousold stomping grounds. Oh, another Cornell player. Let's see. Was he uh, a teammate of our buddy Fedj Malot? Oh, there you from go. Cornell. And uh, nine goals, six assists, 15 points in 25 games in the A this year. And then the two second rounders, one that is the Jets' choice between 22 or 23. And then the other one that can become a first round pick if the Rangers win two rounds in the playoffs and cop plays in at least 50% of the game. Yeah, texted it to my friends. Response, let's go Rangers. So there, there you go. There you go. I mean, well, two... I'll tell you what. I mean, I don't know much about the prospect, but as I said, even before we heard the prospect, I mean, the two seconds of potentially a first and a second, I think pretty good return considering the situation for the Winnipeg Jets. And I do like what they did getting Mason Appleton in particular in for the fourth round pick. And he's an RFA. Presumably he'll be with the team into next season. And I guess the Zach Sanford, the fifth round pick, um, you know, that's going to be interesting and see what he can bring. Six, four, over 200 pounds. Um, you know, the Jets have had some holes in that bottom six, fourth line. So um, I imagine he'll get an opportunity. He'll get a chance to play against his old team Thursday when the Sens are here, Reem. Yeah, I was going to say, would there be a video tribute? But uh, sorry, it's in Winnipeg. But yeah, Zach Sanford, I, we thought they needed size. They needed some improved depth. He's, you know, played in the NHL for a while. I do remember Zach Sanford. He was the big name when the Blues traded a sh uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Washington he was the big return and you know he's got 17 points in 62 games this year last year had uh what 16 and 52 I mean a couple of years ago with the Blues he had 30 and and 58 games so we know they need guys who contribute offensively and I guess well I guess he would would he be under the category of tough to play against at you know six four <laughs> two, over 200 pounds I think that would help so um you know they've acknowledged that I don't think it was working out with Christian Veselainen and you know, I know Jansen Harkin scored two goals, but he went a while without, you know, contributing offensively. So bring Appleton and Stanford in. I get one of them is replacing Cop Lowry, probably not available tomorrow. So it's going to be a different looking Jets lineup. But one thing we do know, the top two lines are the same. And if the Jets aren't making the playoffs, we are on the Kyle Connor 50 goal watch. I think that'll be that'll be the one storyline that captivates us. Uh, but also the Jets and the Nikolai Ehlers 29 goal watch for all of mm -hmm. us that uh, have those over futures for the season. And uh, he has uh, been, no, I think he's got what gold goals in four straight games. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got to go because we got to get this pot up for people that are finishing work and expecting to listen to it when they normally do. Quick rundown of trades. New trade to announce. <coughs> excuse me, former <laughs> Jet. Excuse me, former Jet Riley Nash. You got traded? Is going back to Tampa. What? For future considerations. Wow. Um, that goalie, Michael McNiven, going to Ottawa from the Flames. Uh, the Hamburglar goes to New Jersey. Ryan Carpenter from the Hawks to the Flames for a 2024 fifth rounder. Dallas gets Nemetsnikov from Detroit for a fourth rounder in 2024. Max Domi to the Canes, still waiting on return for that. I believe it was a prospect that was picked 94th overall last year. Derek Broussard going to Edmonton from Philly, return TBA, Flyers retaining 50% of Broussard's salary. Ricard Raquel from Anaheim to Pittsburgh for Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, and a second rounder this year. Tyler Mott for a 2023 fourth from 
uh, from Vancouver to the Rangers. Our old buddy, Anthony Batetto, Tony B, going to the San Jose Sharks for TBA. Uh, and then Zach Sanford to the Jets for a fifth-round pick in this year's draft to the Ottawa Senators. Johan Larson from Arizona to Washington for a 2023 third-rounder. Andrew Cogliano from the Sharks to the Avs. Nice landing spot for Cogliano. Fifth-round pick in 2024 to San Jose. Um, Nick Letty, significant ad for the St. Louis Blues and Luke Witkowski for uh, Jake Wallman, Oscar Sundfist, and a 2023 second-rounder. Uh, Arturi Lekkinen going to the Avs, and I believe the Habs are maintaining some of the salary for Justin Barron and a 2024 second rounder. Um, former Bruins first rounder Zach Sinitian traded to Ottawa with a fifth rounder for Josh Brown and a seventh rounder. Uh, Brett Kulak is added to the Oilers blue line for William Lagason and a second rounder this year. Uh, let's see, Justin Braun going to the Rangers. For a 2023 third rounder, Alex Biega from the Leafs to the Preds for futures, and Jacob Middleton from the Sharks to the Wild for Capo Kakinen and a fifth round pick. Um, Mark Andre Fleury didn't get too much into this, but a uh, conditional second rounder that could become a first rounder if Minnesota makes the conference finals. Uh, Marcus Johansson going to the Caps. From the Kraken for Daniel Sprong, a fourth and a sixth round pick. And then the moves that the Jets made earlier. Mason Appleton last night for a fourth rounder. Nate Beaulieu for a conditional seventh rounder to Pittsburgh. And then Brian Little's contract and the rights to Nathan Smith to Arizona for a fourth round pick. Arizona, uh, or Nathan Smith presumably was not going to sign with the Winnipeg Jets. And... Uh, they figured they could get what they could for him, and it does give them a little bit more salary cap flexibility, not this season, but in the uh, in the seasons to come. Well, Remo, we'll look forward to hearing from Kevin Sheveldayoff coming up at 4 p.m., hearing what he has to say, and then uh, right back at it tomorrow with more reaction, a recap of everything, probably hear from Mason Appleton, maybe Zach Sanford as well, and um, get ready for the Vegas Golden Knights. Another huge game tomorrow for the Jets as they uh, hope to keep their... Uh, Keep their name in the hunt for a playoff spot, and they're going to need to keep on winning. Five big games against teams outside the playoff run right now, although I guess Vegas is in the final spot. Yeah, big game tomorrow against uh, against Vegas. So they won last week. Can they repeat on a Tuesday? I know Jeff Hamilton will join us. We'll touch on uh, the Jets' moves and the lineup ahead of the game. So, yeah, 1 o'clock tomorrow. Make sure, you know, I'm sure we've got some new people here. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. And if you want to get notified on like when we go live unexpectedly, definitely the uh, that little bell beside there. Exactly. Oh, here. There it is. I've always there wanted to do go. this. This is the best Perfect. part about being a YouTuber. That's good YouTubing right there, Remus. Pointing good. pointing to stuff. Yep. And then like follow our social medias in the description below. We're closing in on two thousand Instagram followers, huh? So uh it's sports talk WPG on all socials. You got it. You got it. Check out that article too uh, from uh, Hamilton with us on uh, in the Saturday Free Press. If you haven't seen it, we'll get that uh, pinned tweet up on our uh, up on our Twitter. Yeah, I pinned it. There you go. Perfect. That's, it's that's right there. Meeting. You know it. Um. So, anyways, yeah. Listen, I, we could probably stay here all day and talk about it. I'm just out of it, and it's been a long, long show and a big week coming up with three games tomorrow: Vegas, Thursday, Ottawa, 
Friday, the return of Patrick Laine. And uh, we'll wait to hear what Kevin Sheveldayoff has to say coming up at 4 p.m. And then we'll break it all down with you tomorrow and get ready for the Jets in Vegas tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hope to see you tomorrow here for more of the show. In the meantime, a big thank you to the sponsors that make this show happen. F Apparel, Vita Health, Cullion Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, and of course our friends over at Cool Bet Canada. Folks, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Great crew today on an always exciting trade deadline day. We'll be back tomorrow before the Jets and Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see you at one right here on YouTube and in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.